Oh, well, there we are. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is a new week here over at um, the Sea Report. Kind of like it's a new week uh, everywhere around the world. I hope everyone is doing well tonight and y'all are having a great afternoon and Monday so far. First day of the week, Monday, we're here. And uh, yep, uh, seems like September is officially in full swing, guys. Apologies, still getting myself set up here just a little bit today. And uh, yeah, indeed, indeed, it looks like the chat's already filling up. Howdy, howdy. How's it going, everyone? Hope you all are doing well today. Good to see everyone coming in and on board. Oh, boy, what a show do we have for you guys today? Man, well, uh, you got to love Mondays because uh, there's always a whole slew of stories, news reports, and uh other things to consider, mull over, and otherwise absorb into our consciousness. That is just uh, merely updates of uh, what's going on with our humanity, right? What is up? What or what are humans up to today and this week? And uh, more importantly, uh, what is our government up to and uh, other people around the world? So this way we can kind of keep our minds geared and tracked on uh, what is most important, and that is what's most important to us. Um, what it is uh, that uh, we've got to explore. Like I said, there was a lot of that going on uh, since Friday, quite actually. And, you know, I will, I will be quite honest with you guys. I don't think I really even reviewed headlines for today because there was so much going on this weekend. Um, I'm kind of curious, uh, like, uh, what exactly was going on? Uh, I might have missed something big or maybe not. Um, but yeah, let me see. What do we got? Uh, people just uh, totally railing against uh, illegitimate Joe Biden. It seems like ah, seems like we got a whole bunch of people just uh, calling him out and cussing him out all the way around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, more stuff in Afghanistan, of course, is still going on. But I think all of that's kind of crystallizing into the fact that uh, the entire thing is a charade. And uh, was just there to uh, push globalist efforts, as we imagined, to uh, maybe bring down Joe Biden and uh, also to distract people and uh, also to push uh, war in the Middle East and uh, all the above. Oh, my goodness. What a Monday. And of course, we had quite a full and busy weekend over here at the Sea Channels. Uh, been kind of on the go, as it would seem, since Friday when I was doing what uh, three shows had a great panel of discussion over at the Texans channel and uh, had a really great discussions at Mr. C in the dark both nights. Uh, I think the uh, clincher for me was Saturday night. If any of you guys did not get to catch that episode, uh, we did a decoding of uh, Tom McDonald's um, Tom McDonald's music. And uh, that's not to say there was not a lot of controversy in that in itself. Very, very interesting very good conversation, and uh, I would encourage any and all who may have not uh, been able to see it to go back and catch the replay. I had um, Aurelius Locke uh, in the saddle with me, so to speak, and uh, man, it was a great, great show in my opinion. Great show, great conversation all around. So do yourselves a favor and go check it out if you have a chance. Uh, but in the meantime, what do we got cooked up for you all today? Let's see. Today is Monday, September 6, 2021. 
Ballot trafficking exposed. All right. That's going to be, I'm really excited about that story, actually. And uh, we'll get into that in a little bit more. We talked about this whole ballot harvesting, or I should say trafficking issue. Gosh, it must have been maybe back in um, June or July. Uh, and and uh, the story itself was actually a footnote um, uh, I had found about, uh, you know, um, the, the efforts for some to use GPS tracking and other things uh, to kind of um, hunt down and dig into what is now being referred to as ballot harvesting. Well, that report is blowing up, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see what else it has to offer in case you hadn't heard much about it or maybe just got a quick breakdown of what it is. We will delve into that today. Um, also, false flag season is upon us, as uh, I have been saying here at uh, the Sea Report for uh, probably since uh, <laughs> probably since Trump has been in office. Of course, the Sea Report wasn't around the entire time that Trump was in office, but you know, uh, it's it's always good. It's always good to have that kind of thought process in your mind. But we've known that uh, to be a fact since uh, that is the way that uh, the deep state and the globalists seem to work. And uh, we know that uh, they are not shy about trying to conduct operations that will further pummel uh, the American people and the uh, patriotic communities that support the Constitution, as well as uh, push their own agendas forward. And uh, finally, uh, we see uh, the left is really raging against the state of Texas in the wake of uh, the victory of their new bill, the Heartbeat Bill which effectively uh, ends abortions uh, or the ability for one to have an abortion outside of a month or so uh, in their term of pregnancy, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, ultimately it does not stop abortions, you know, but um, it is big enough of a decision made by our Supreme Court to have everyone up in arms. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on there. Uh, who the main players are that uh, want to see this come to a conclusion. And let me tell you what, uh, everyone from the DOJ down to the Satanic Temple are all trying to pick a bone through litigation or through boycott of the state of Texas. So we'll take a definite look at that today. And of course, we have a few other smaller stories, or I shouldn't say smaller, but a few other um, side stories uh, that we will uh, pepper and season today's report with. Great, 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 great uh, stories for you guys uh, to follow along with as we uh, get into it. And um, yeah, uh, I mean, whew, boy, busy day, busy day. Um, had a late dinner here, so uh, I wasn't sure that I was going to get here just in time. I was just a couple of minutes late, so I thank you all for uh, for y'all's patience and uh, again for uh, coming back on in for a new edition of the Sea Report. And uh, we are going to jump right into it. Uh, let me see here what we got going on in the chat room. Um, and for those of you joining us on Clout Hub or at Twitch, uh, the Sea Report also um, airs at the foxhole.app, uh, what I would consider the primary for the Sea Report. So, uh, you know, if um, Twitch ever decides to kick us off, and right now I don't think that they will, although they have, uh, they have censored a few of our reports based around mainly on a... Um, based around mainly on, uh, what was it, um, um, copyright infringement, uh, which that would go to show more with the, like, music and stuff. You know, we, we haven't really been censored too much. They just, they'll mute 
mute a song or two that I might choose to play in a broadcast, but they don't, they haven't given us any strikes or community violations or anything of that kind. They're not as uh, authoritarian as, um, they're not as authoritarian as places like YouTube and Facebook, Go Ogle, et cetera, and the likes. Uh, Cloud Hub seems to be working just fine, though. I don't, I don't fear any type of censorship coming out of Cloud Hub, but should the C Report ever vanish from any of these uh, platforms or domiciles, well, you can always find us at the foxhole.app. And uh, that is to say for sure, over at the foxhole.app, uh, it is a platform that is uncensored and is geared towards freedom of speech. It's a First Amendment platform. So I would highly encourage anyone who hasn't hop on over to the foxhole.app or to pill.net, uh, the two... Uh, the two are basically uh, um, linked together. They're uh, they're linked together at the hips, it would seem, and uh, they're most definitely uh, most definitely supporters of free speech. So I support them and that for that reason. But uh, another reason I support and and uh, uh, I would say that it's more important than the First Amendment. But come on, guys. <laughs> I would say it's more important than the First Amendment, but the community over at uh, the foxhole.app and pill.net is a great community uh, filled with America First patriots and uh, friends and family who uh, all want to see this country, um, you know, uh, th that is these United States of America, uh, want to see our country, uh, you know, uh, return to uh, that greatness in spirit and in form and legislation. And that is the restoration of the Republic of these United States of America. Though democratic, democratic it may be, uh, it is still first a republic, and that is uh, a country that is, um, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, that is a country that is uh, governed by the rules of law and also the will of the people. So, all right. Uh, and uh, I will primarily be engaging chat over at the foxhole.app, and it seems like we have a Texas gal joining us, Just V. Good evening, Just V. How are you doing tonight? Pilled by the Rabbit, howdy, sir. Pilled by the Rabbit stopped in on Friday to visit with us here at the Sea Channels um, during Mr. C in the Dark. Uh, oh, it was a great, great show, great conversation. Yavapai Michael, another I think it was uh, Yavapai's first time, perhaps, uh, joining on air. Uh, definitely first for Pilled by the Rabbit. Uh, so again, I would definitely encourage you all to go check it out um, and uh, and check out what we were talking about that though both those nights. You know, because like I said, we had Aurelius Locke, another a Foxhole uh, OG, um, coming in and uh, curating uh, the music for the night on uh, Saturday when we featured uh, Tom McDonald. Uh, let's see what else do we have here going on in the chat. A uh, bunch of greetings and warm welcomings coming from all. Uh, P. Ann is in the house. Good evening, P. Ann. We also have Rapture Ready. Hello, hello, and welcome again. Happy Labor Day, Philly Q, and happy Labor Day to everyone out there watching uh, the C chats. Now, don't forget, guys, you cannot wear white after Labor Day, because if you do, you'll most certainly get a stain. <laughs> Just kidding. I get stains on my white anytime I wear it. So uh, yeah, maybe that's just my own uh, personal uh, Labor Day after white after Labor Day myth right there. Bill Tech is in the house. One Scott, um, a good evening, sir. And let's see here. Uh, yes, PN says prayers for all that need. God knows who you are and your needs. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. We can. We should always and can always take strength and heart in our faith, um, wherever that might guide us. Uh, I mean, as long as you're not playing, praying to the devil, 
<laughs> but that's a story uh, for the end of today's uh, C report, and we'll get there eventually. Uh, howdy, Texan. Good evening, sir. Good to see you, my friend, and welcome back into the chats. And uh, let's see, Ohio Kimmy's in the house. Good evening, Ohio Kimmy, and thank you for gifting the cookie. Your supports uh, through donations are always welcome here. Um, of course, uh, keep this channel open, keep the lights on, keep food in my mouth, and uh, you know, uh, um, and also uh, keep the C report and others, Mr. C, uh, broadcasting alive and well. Uh, you know, uh, taking care of that overhead. I mean, that might be myself actually, but you know, uh, also cost of running programs, software, and all that other stuff. Some of y'all might be familiar with Tam Growl. Hello, Angel. How are you doing today? And just to be gift in the shades. Just to be says California made ballot harvesting legal, of course. Is that a new development? Uh, I know that's kind of been on the table for a while, uh, but maybe that's something we can peer into. And in fact, we will actually be touching on a bit of information on the California recall efforts happening right now. And uh, let's see here, uh, today's the 16th, so we're what, about approximately about eight days, eight days out until we uh, we see the fate of one Gavin Gruesome Newsome, and uh, we'll see how California goes, how California rolls when it comes to uh, uh, the recall of this heinous, heinous governor uh, that is the uh, current governor of the state of California. You know, um, I noticed something also um, about, and this is kind of just a side note, a side note on all of the uh, liberal, mainstream, fake news media publications, outlets, you know, the ones that are really, really um, uh, pushed and uh, supported by globalists, socialists, communists, uh, you know, uh, backers and uh, and readers. Uh, every time they did a story on Gavin Gruesome Newsome, uh, and uh, the recall, uh, even if the headline was something like, uh, you know, California is going into recall elections, they would have a picture or a photo of one gruesome newsome um, with the words behind him, vote no. <laughs> Talk about brainwashing subliminal messages and preemptive programming. Uh, it seems like uh, maybe that's what the way they want uh, the, the average still asleep or apathetic Californian to vote. And perhaps when they go to the ballot or they fill out that uh, they fill out that that universally mailed out uh, recall ballot, uh, that that's the first thing they want them to remember just by way of that subliminal message could be a thing. You know, never know. I, I wouldn't put that past them when you think about all the ways that they're trying to prevent this recall election from going forward. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got going on in the chat rooms? Uh, we have Aurelius Locke joining us. Good evening, Aurelius. I was just telling everybody about um, uh, the show on Saturday. Uh, very, very, I enjoy that show. It's definitely going to go down as one of my favorites so far. Uh, and like I said, guys, if you have not seen it, I highly recommend you go and check it out. And then also, uh, I'm working to get that one uploaded to YouTube uh, because uh, Mr. McDonald does allow others to use his videos in their shows, programs, and broadcasts. So I don't think we'll suffer a copyright infringement unless, you know, some um, um, some fake shill avatar that goes by the name of Jaden decides to claim uh, Tom McDonald's music as his own. And of course, you know, the uh, powers that be, the gods up on high and the mountaintop over at YouTube would probably believe him just because they don't like Tom McDonald either. Uh, but we'll see how that goes, and I'll keep you guys informed. From far away, says that uh, the rule was never wear white shoes after Labor Day. Ah, oh, is it white shoes? I always heard it was white anything. 
Um, so anyways, well, that, that does me some good. Uh, good to know. Good to know. I think I only have two pairs of white shoes. So uh, I don't think I have to worry about that, uh, especially since sandal season is coming to an end. And uh, I probably won't be wearing my white. Well, I don't wear my white sandals anywhere anyways, unless it's, you know, somewhere nice. <laughs> So anyways, uh, Disco Ball Chaser adds to that conversation. Unless you're Southern, you can wear white after Labor Day. Oh, another exemption to the rule. Well, thank you guys for saving my wardrobe. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, looks like uh, looks like I can't wear anything else. Well, you know, I, I don't typically don my retro, uh, retro white jean pants. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but uh, but I'll keep that in mind in case, you know, I have a uh, an 80s retro dance party to go to or something like that. Uh, I won't feel so bad. And I don't I don't think I'll be uh, ostracized <laughs> for breaking that rule. Don S gifts the shades. Thank you for keeping it cool over here. Don S at the Sea Reports. Must, much appreciated. And uh, <laughs> we're stirring up some controversy with the white after Labor Day comment pilled by the rabbit says, don't conform, wear your white after Labor Day, rebel against the system, put your white shoes, <laughs> put your white shoes on, be careful with red shoes. Well, I only have one pair of red shoes and they're not red leather either. If any of you guys uh, catch the drift on that. Uh, but what's the deal with uh, red shoes though? I mean, I, I, they're not made out of children or humans. I can tell you that. Uh, they are patented, patented red leather and they have a, a nice glossy veneer. Uh, I save those for special occasions and stuff like that. Not, you know, not every shoe in my wardrobe will come out uh, to play and or party, especially my Stacy's. Uh, keep those guys nice and protected all year round and in their box. And uh, to save any of you uh, women out there troubles, if you're... Um, your your uh your closet is getting too filled up with boxes and boxes of shoes. Like I always say, if the shoes cost less than eighty dollars, you don't need to save the box. <laughs> I, I might cause a controversy with that statement also as well. Though uh, you thank you for the words of encouragement, pilled. I'll tell you for a fact. Oh, rebelling has always been uh, one of my uh, specialties. Um, whether it be subtle. And those are actually uh, the fun ones, I think, or not. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Curious Cat says that uh, they mailed in their ballot. What else can they do? Huh. What else could you do, Curious Cat? Ooh, I'm curious, Curious Cat. <laughs> Did your ballot have the uh, have the um, the choice holes punched through also on the envelope so they could tell that you voted yes to Gavin Newsom Gruesome's recall? Because that was uh, that was quite the stir there for a minute, and uh, yet another another way that they're trying to uh, they're trying to um, uh, you know uh, commit fraud against the people of California to just disen disenfranchise the will of the voter. There, we're going to cover another aspect of possible possible election fraud in the twenty twenty one recall elections in California in just a bit. And let me tell you what. Uh, it is it is it is amazing to me how the same cast of characters get involved in these things. Uh, and, you know, in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, just the fact that they get involved and it's the same people over and over again, I think would strengthen, would most definitely strengthen the case against RICO violations 
against uh, certain members of our elected government and beyond, as well as our agencies, as well as uh, organizations, uh, because everything that is coming out uh, across the board in regard to fraudulent um, actions and violations taking place during the 2020 election is tying all those loose ends together. Hopefully we have uh, someone out there in, uh, you know, the law field or, or even in the legislative body that can recognize how all these violations are tied together and uh, that they in fact can, uh, can manage to uh, put that narrative uh, as one, one strand of a storyline with all of the avenues of the fraud. I mean, everything is connected. Everything is connected, you know, from uh, the vote harvesting uh, to the vote trafficking, uh, to the uh, the mechanics and the cyber in infrastructure of uh, these things down to uh, down to the way that the um, down to the way that the uh, um, the actual uh, voting centers and ballot centers were run down election at election night. You know, all the ways from the money to the people hired to the people who owns the organizations, they all seem to have the same opinion, the same viewpoint, and basically took the same course of action in trying to commit fraud against the American people during the 2020 presidential election. Like it's, they're all left-leaning, un-American, socialist, communist, uh, you know, uh, influenced individuals, and they all had the same purpose. And I think the number one thing that all of these people and elements had in common, or have in common, I should say, was their disdain for one President Donald Trump. And uh, when we keep that, I saw uh, I saw a, a meme or a graphic uh, just before coming on air. Uh, and I'm sure you guys will remember the quote from uh, President 45, President Donald Trump, that stated, um, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you, and I'm just standing in the way. And the meme concluded with the question, uh, this seems to make more sense now, doesn't it? And indeed it does. Now they all had a disdain for President Trump, but as we can see through their continued efforts to do what they were doing while he was in office, that maybe they weren't just doing the opposite of what President Trump was doing because they did not like President Trump. They were doing the opposite of what President Trump was doing because what he was doing was effective in ruining their plans and uh, stopping them from committing uh, the, atro the atrocious treason and violations against the Constitution and the American people that they had planned all along. So yeah, hopefully there's a there's a litigator or there is a, uh, um, a there's a legislator out there who can who can put all of those strings together and really make a case for the intent intent of the seemingly uh, various and uh, the seemingly various and disconnected and unrelated cases of fraud and individuals into one nice package that shows. Uh, that this went beyond random of events of fraud. And they, in fact, were all tied together with one goal. And that was to ensure that President Trump was not elected, to ensure that their plans for domination and ruination and possibly the breakup of these United States of America would be a done and a sealed deal that they could take to the bank if they wanted to. Uh, but of course, because of the efforts of the American people, those who are awake, and though that number might not seem great, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, one third of the country does not live in your backyard. And uh, 
the people who need to know and enough people that need to know are awake right now. And we will continue to spread the word of what we see and what we know and uh, what we believe. And we will cry it from the mountaintop so that everyone has the chance to hear, regardless of the fact that not everyone will be paying attention or listening. So we'll carry on, ladies and gentlemen. We will carry on. Indeed, we will. Uh, Jess V says, Newsom is cheating so badly, I don't know if we can overcome it, but everyone needs to vote in person. A true fact. And again, Miss Just V, I got another story for you guys on a possible attempt at fraud. And this one's probably going to get you wound up. Because uh, this one is, uh, I mean, you know, also, 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 because of all of the things that have happened since 2020, let me tell you what, we're seeing how they play their games, we're seeing their battle plans, and we're seeing it live and in action. Uh, so again, another blessing that we'll have to see, because knowing is half the battle, as G.I. Joe used to say. Uh, so we know it, now the rest is up to us to move on it and follow through. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Merkers. Hey, hey, hey there, Mr. Reen Merk. Uh, welcome on into the chat and thank you for gifting the can over here at the Sea Report and happy Monday to you. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the rest of this evening goes. We got a lot of information. Uh, Disco Daphne says fashion is BS. Well, uh, my friend, I, I would say that generally I personally would reserve that remark for someone who has no sense of fashion. But as you are, my friend, I won't say that to you. <laughs> Uh, if you mean the fashion industry is BS, I, I entirely agree with you wholeheartedly and 100%. Uh, I find it funny because, um, you know, um, the idea and the, uh, the entire industry and everything about fashion, the fashion industry, uh, was built up um, subtly so, or I should say more primarily, especially on the coastlines, like in LA, New York, and of course in Europe. Undoubtedly so. I, I, I really think the entire fashion industry was born out of the necessity for the deep state, the globalists, and all of those with deep pockets who are trying to rule the world to give something for their offspring and their family members to do so that they could feel just as important. And then, of course, also to uh, to scalp off all those uh, people who had uh, who aren't paying attention to politics and to tie them up into something else. And then, you know, also to create industries that they could have sub industries and black markets that they would support, such as the uh, human trafficking industry and the child sex trafficking industry. Um, all of that was just probably created uh, for uh, distraction and for, uh, you know, um, um, hiding these other types of uh, businesses that they were involved in. But if you're talking about pure and unadulterated fashion, just fashion in the sense of, you know, looking well and uh, having a good sense of style and clothing about you, I would still vote vouch for fashion. Uh, but the industry itself, I would undoubtedly agree with you, Miss Disco Daphne, wholeheartedly. And I hope you're having a happy Monday. Pamela Jane is in the house. Good evening, Pamela Jane. How are you? And uh, let's see here. I wear what I want. <laughs> I wear what I want, says just me. Fashion is for people I couldn't. Uh, what'd she say? Uh, fashion is for, where'd it go? <laughs> I lost your comment. Oh, fashion is for people, uh, is for people I couldn't care less about. Again, just, it's just me. The fashion industry, I'm sure is what you're talking about because I quite like fashion. Anyways, uh, keep confronting Newsom everywhere he goes. Call him a cheat and a thief, says Tan Growl. Indeed, that's something that needs to be done. And I'm sure that people are most definitely doing that. Uh, on the ground in California. 
A very, very interesting report came out of my hometown, San Antonio, today. It did my heart just well. Um, there is an age-old judge in the uh, city of San Antonio. He actually used to be a mayor here back in the 90s, and he is the one, I believe, who has been fingered by the deep state and the globalists to run this town. And indeed, as word have it, has it, he does run this town. Every politician and every city council member abides by the things that he wants and his vision. Um, and a video came out just today about uh, someone in San Antonio calling him out in the middle of a busy store, shouting at him for being a communist and a traitor to America. And I was like, oh my God, they're calling out Judge Wolf. I was like, there are people awake in San Antonio. I, I, you know, my eyes teared up for just a minute and my heart swelled. And I was like, wow, even in this neglected, politically neglected and uh, otherwise totally asleep city, San Antonio, people are waking up and I don't have to say anything about it. They're doing it on their own. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I already tracked this woman down and I'm going to probably see if I can't have her on as a guest at some point, pick her brain and see what else she knows and what else she's aware of. And maybe uh, bring more of that patriotic love for America spirit to the city of San Antonio, because the people here are neglected to the core of any type of political news, ideas, inspirations, uh, and America first and, uh, you know, American values uh, ideas are, are far behind that. So very, very interested and very, very good to know. Curious Cat uh, says that she saw no, no holes punched in her envelope. She checked. Awesome, Curious Cat. Good job on that due diligence. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we all heard that story uh, that was coming out. That was one of the earliest forms of possible election fraud that they were seeing for the uh, California recall. Um, uh, that among four other stories that I talked about here on the Sea Report. And we have another one coming tonight. And this one's a big one, guys. Man, we need to we need to get this guy put away. The one we'll see. Well, we'll get to there in just a minute. Uh, the signature verification on mail-in ballots is a joke. If uh, if it's anything like what they had going on over there in Pennsylvania and Michigan, Curious Cat, I mean, Curious Cat, Just V, that is 100% true. Uh, you know, the uh, former um, um, the former secretary of the, uh, what is it called again, Commonwealth over there, uh, you know, even tried to, to create her own guidelines on how to verify signatures. Uh, and tried to overrule Pennsylvania state law. And she got put in her place for that uh, because um, after all, uh, you know, uh, you can't overwrite state rules with a municipal um, a dictate. It wasn't even municipal. She just tried to overwrite the entire thing. She got put in her place and uh, she stepped down. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we have uh, two in the pink in the uh, house. Two in the pink. Please make sure you wash your hands. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right. Jukani is in the house gifting shades over. Uh, thank you for the shades, uh, gold pill shades. I really enjoy your show. Godspeed. Thank you, Jukani. We're just getting started. Um, and let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Yojo, Merkers. Uh, let's see what else we got. <laughs> PJ Zwiernik. Good evening. Uh, Skeeter Burke. Hey there, Skeeter Burke. How's it going? Deborah Erdman. Good evening, Deborah. Says, uh, oh, gifts the cookie and says, hello and God bless you, Mr. C. God bless you as well. Tombstone is hanging out. As long as you got 
your pants on? I'm good. Oh, yeah, I got my pants on. Uh, I do. Don't you worry about that. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, because what if what if my uh, what if my my, um, you know, my my camera here fell down during a report? Jeez, would y'all guys be in a world of pain? And <laughs> Let's just say, guys, uh, I got a live screen on here. You don't got an avatar, so you don't got to worry about me sitting here without pants on. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Skeeterberg remembers Wolf. Yeah, that dude was called out as the communist that he is today. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Um, let's see here. Yes, Wolf needed a confrontation. He sure did. He needs more. He needs more confrontation. This guy is still running this town. And uh, he gets away with a lot. Positive Vibe 72 is in the house. Good, uh, good evening. Um, it's way past my bedtime. Uh, Jory Mormon said uh, night, uh, good night two hours ago. Ooh, goodness. He must've been up for days. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're almost to the end of our Christina Fontana. Aloha. How are you doing this evening? Is it still safe to say aloha? I, I'm pretty sure you're back in the States, right? Miss Christina. However, good evening to you either all. Underoos, uh, I mean, I, I would have my underoos on as well, Skeeterberg. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about that either. Okay, Sly Park 2020 is in the house as well. Good evening, Sly Park. Empress Beach to you. Come on in. We haven't started the report yet, so you are good. And uh, I saw someone else here saying that they wear pants. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Tam Girl says she doesn't wear pants. Well, hopefully you have those underoos on. Uh, otherwise, you know what? I'm not going to judge. <laughs> You're not on camera. You get comfy and you feel just fine the way you are. And yes, Christina is back stateside. A rough adjustment to life back in the 50, in the 48. Uh, yeah, 48. <laughs> But glad you're doing well and fine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into tonight's sea report because uh, you know what? I actually do have something coming up after the show. I'll tell you guys about it in just a bit. Uh, something I'm sure you guys will not want to miss and it will be available to you over at the Foxhole app. And again, let me just say before I get this uh, party underway, uh, to uh, good evening as well to uh, folks joining us over at Twitch and at Clout Hub. Good evening. Uh, Katie Man 63 over there at Twitch. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you back. We haven't seen you in a minute. Always, always great to have uh, have uh, our friends coming back in. Um, and I won't call you a prodigal son because I know yeah, I know that that's probably not the reason why you weren't present. You know, like I'm turning my back on this uh, show for a minute now. Nah. I'm sure you had some stuff going on, but it's great to have you back in the audience, holding on to the light, keeping that light on over at Twitch. And uh, yes, let me make sure we got everything else, all systems go before we join in. The Sea Report is uh, coming to you guys live on this here in my town. It's rainy, this rainy Monday. And we are live on Clout Hub, Twitch, and the Foxhole.app. And uh, let's just jump into it, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to do one more brief check because at last check, our president had only left us a single a uh, single uh, statement for today. Uh, he has a lot of, in case you missed it, moments, um, uh, an interesting poll, uh, the 2024 National Republican primary poll. Ah, I forgot it again. What is this? What is this? Uh, I mean, let me pull that down real quick. I don't know what I'm looking at. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I think I know what this was supposed to be. Okay. Uh, so as I was saying, I know exactly what that was supposed to be. 
and it's gone. Okay, let me pull that one back up too. Okay, so uh, as I was saying, um, when it came, oh, oh, the poll, the poll, let me, <laughs> let me get the poll up. Uh, let me see here. And then of course, uh, you know, we, got, we always have to make sure that we have our desk of President Trump available to us because after all, uh, you know, you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, this this uh, screen that you guys are looking at right now, it was an image that because uh, you know I, I pull up graphics for uh, for the show. It was a graphic that was uh, was live and in action uh, for the most part uh, while I was putting the show together today. Now it seems that uh, it seems that it is currently gone down. It, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to get the feels like uh, I'm being I'm being uh, edited like in live uh, <laughs> while I'm putting all this stuff together. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if I'll be able to find the same uh, the same uh, image that I had, but it was pretty cool. I was like, I ain't seen this one before. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Well, you know what? What what can we do about it? But then just uh, roll with the punches, right? As they say. Uh huh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, you guys get to see me uh, doing a little bit of live, uh, live on the air uh, stuff here because uh, my uh, OCD, not to, uh, not to uh, insult anyone who genuinely has OCD, but my OCD will not allow me to move forward <laughs> unless I can do what I'm trying to do here. I think this is it. We'll go with this. Okay, so I'm going to do it this way. Yeah, I think this is it. Okay, and we're going to do it that way. And here we go. All right. It's taking forever. Don't do that to me now. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Huh. Okay, cool. There she is. Oh, imagine what the topic of discussion is going to be with this kind of an image now. This, this thing was on my computer all day, and then it suddenly just dropped. So, okay. All right. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your patience while I took care of that. Otherwise, it would have bugged me the entire show. Now we can get on the go. Okay. Now what did I do? <laughs> I keep... Okay, there we go. There I am. There I am. There I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> what is going on, computer? All right, there we go. All right, yes. So as I was saying in regards to President Trump, uh, we had a poll, the 2024 National Republican Primary Poll, uh, uh, put uh, 67% for uh, President Trump. I guess this must must be a presidential poll. 10% for Governor Ron DeSantis, 7% for Nikki Haley, 6% for Mike Pence. I can't believe he even made the poll. 3% for Mittens Romney, again, a surprise. Ted Cruz at 2%, Josh Hawley at 1%, and Tom Cotton at 0%. Interesting. That is a forecast, but uh, they're still putting President Trump at the head of that. And then, of course, uh, other in case you missed it moments from President Trump involved uh, Border Patrol scrambles to fill gaps in the wall left by the Biden administration. Biden's foreign policy coalition consensus are gone. One in five Americans want to take their vote for Biden back and the Taliban keeping Americans hostage by not allowing flights to depart. Uh, seems like these are all further damning stories against the failed administration. That is the uh, joke Biden administration. Of course, uh, you know, uh, an administration that is illegitimate was destined to fail. But uh, as we also keep saying here at the Sea Report, it seems like uh, this was part of the plan anyways. 
And uh, some people would probably venture out to say things such as uh, Biden is um, cognizant and coherent and knows exactly what he's doing, um, to which I would say uh, he was probably cognizant and coherent to uh, the one thing that he needed to know in taking this uh, position as president uh, by selection and fraud was that you just need to do exactly what we say and don't question it. And I think uh, I think his mental faculties were probably sharp enough to that point. And indeed, we're seeing here he has continued to do so. Um, all right. So, yeah, so that was that. And then, of course, the uh, single statement that we had from President Trump, um, we can sum it up in a, he sums it up a pretty, pretty uh, simply, a simple statement, simple statement to be made. And uh, it seems that I uh, also don't have that here. <laughs> So as I was saying, the statement that President Trump made uh, was this, fix 2021st. And indeed, President Trump, that is exactly what we and the people are doing here at this time and at this hour. And uh, let's just jump right into those efforts. We're talking about the illegal votes. So we will talk first about uh, to me, the big breaking story being re being in regards to this um, vote trafficking, ballot trafficking, which has burst the seams wide open. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, because uh, I heard about this ballot harvesting breaking, uh, I think on Thursday or Friday of last week, you know, um, uh, what's his name over there at um, um, uh, behind the gate, uh, behind the gateway or behind the gateway. Yeah. Something like that. Um, he uh, broke, he broke this story, um, I guess, nationally on uh, Steve Bannon's war room. Okay. Uh, but like I said, I had done a brief report when there was really no substance behind what it meant, uh, probably going back to about June or July. Uh, and now this was in regards to um, a, a, a election rights organization um, collecting cellular data and pinging or, or using geolocation uh, to identify the spots where ballot boxes and ballot drop-off boxes were being held. Uh, of course, like I said, at that time, there was no real substance to the story. But like I've been saying here and now, and I'm sure many of you all can um, attest to that, uh, going over this story today, uh, I have to say uh, that it is, it is stories like this, moments like this that I live for, guys. Um, these are the stories that really put my sm a smile on my face. These are, these are the stories that give me real faith um, that we will pull through and that, like I said, Maybe not all of us are awake. Maybe your neighbors are awake. Maybe your family members are not awake. Maybe your neighbors are not awake. Maybe when you go to the store, you see more people than not wearing masks. Uh, but, but the story of the great awakening, and as some people will say, not all will hear it. Not all will wake up. But there are those that will. And it is my chief belief that enough people have awoken and that's not to say that many won't still wake up. And I really believe that many more are going to wake up as we move along. But for the time being, one, well, one third of the country and, and indeed millions around the world are awake to what's going on. The Great Awakening was not limited to the shores of America, after all. But enough people have awoken, not woke, enough people have awoken, are now awake that uh, we can really, really actively keep an eye on these things 
And the uh, cherry on top here is that not only are enough people awake, but enough people are active now. That is to say, of those who woke up, these people are active, they are doing something, they are holding people accountable, they are calling them to task, they are litigating, you know, they are, they are researching, and even more of a cherry on top, um, they're being effective, okay? So um, what we've heard and what we've seen in regards to um, election integrity and regards to fighting for uh, shedding light and bringing to the surface the fraud that took place during the 2020 presidential election, the fight carries on and it has continued. Now, what we have seen, we've seen an enraged electorate who has pushed hard enough to get legislators and to get lawmakers to start to bring election audits of the forensic kind to the to the front of the battle. We're seeing an enraged and awakened electorate who is so active and involved that they are giving the energy, the firepower, the ammunition, and the juice to get the lawmakers to stand their ground for what they may know to be true in their heart. That is to say, uh, the, uh, the lawmakers who are not so compromised or bought out that they can actually stand their ground and defy the globalists and defy the elitists and defy the communists that otherwise control this country and tell them, no, we're not going to back down. We're going to carry on and we are going to keep on going. Uh, because the election, the election audits are just one piece of that pie. And we've already seen a successful one carried out in Arizona. Now, a successful by way of conclusion, we'll see what happens with the rest of that information once law, once uh, once law, law and lawment enforcers start to uh, move on the report that is coming out of the state of Arizona, because it's out of the hands of the legislators over there in, in Arizona. Now it goes into the hands of the law enforcers. And that would be the lawyers and other others who will um, make sure that uh, the rule of law is respected and upheld in regards to these violations. OK, um, but uh, the audits were one and that stuff, that story has not ended yet. We have had audits uh, in Michigan. Of course, we had we had also a very poisoned uh, and and bought out or compromised uh, judiciary in the state of Michigan that dismissed the case, kind of like we saw back in November and uh, December. Uh, with the uh, the hearings that were brought forth in regards to President Trump's um, um, uh, the outcome of that election, you know, but it's not over there yet either. We have organizations, nonprofits, uh, community organizations, state organizations that are also actively fighting to bring out the truth about what happened in the 2020 president presidential election. So much so that these people, outside of the hands of lawmakers have been effective in exposing and really bringing back a story that is proving to kick in the teeth of those people who falsely certified the elections in 2020. What am I talking about? I'm talking about states like Georgia, where we've seen so much fraud and we've seen so much mismanagement of the 2020 presidential election that they could very well they could very well decertify that election uh, contest tonight if they wanted to. They could have decertified it yesterday if they wanted to. They could have decertified Georgia a week ago if they wanted to, but they haven't because they are fighting in the hopes that this inconvenient truth 
to borrow a phrase, um, will not prove to bear any kind of teeth. Okay. And like I said, the truth is not, uh, is not going to stay down for long. So in the face of these audits, in the face of evidence that they already see, you know, uh, think about, uh, think about a vote, a voter GA, voter Georgia, you know, and, and how they were able to do an audit of sorts of ballots, though they were by image. But imagine what they found, not even having the real ballots in hand, not even having um, a, an image resolution that they could really use to study those ballots. They found so much discrepancy in the state of Georgia in the number of ballots and uh, their coinciding ballot matches with the numbers that were on the ballot sheets. Okay, that those are just a few aspects of it. But now we have this story uh, and it's really coming out of Georgia because this is where we're gonna see a lot of it take place now. <laughs> oh, Bradley, Bradley Raffensperg. Boy, I bet when you decided to sign on with the communists and take that George Soros money when you were hanging out with the National Association of Secretaries of States, and I just found out today that the National Association of Secretaries of States does not just include the Secretary of State, it also includes the Lieutenant Governor of the state. So two of the highest ranking officials elected except for in the commonwealths of course because they're not elected they are uh, they're actually uh, they're actually chosen uh, they're appointed um uh, the lieutenant governors though ladies and gentlemen blows my mind oh dan patrick over here at uh, the state of texas now um state of texas had something interesting going on in regards to the secretary of state because you know if we have the hammer coming down on the secretaries of state here in these United States of America, if we know for a fact that the National Association of Secretaries of State is a nonprofit organization with, um, with a high percentage chance that they are receiving black money, that they've been funded by George Soros, because after all, George Soros did have Secretary of State training programs that ended sometime, sometime around 1214, 2012, 2014. But prior to that, uh, people like Jocelyn Benson of uh, Michigan, people like uh, Katie Schnobbs, Katie Hobbs over there of Arizona, and people like uh, that Griswold girl out of Colorado. They are products of George Soros' Secretary of State's program that he funded and ran to uh, to um, to uh, uh, recruit individuals to do things the way that he needed them to be done in order to get um, whomever it is, because at this point, uh, I don't necessarily believe that George uh, Soros is the, uh, the end all. He's not where the, the buck stops when it comes to um, what is happening in our country. He is not by any means where the buck stops. He, I think, is also following the directives of someone, and maybe he might sit on the lap of whomever's behind all of these shenanigans. Maybe he's the panty boy of the elitist globalist dictator king or whomever it is. Uh, maybe he's the first ranking general of the elitist globalist army, but I don't think George Soros is the end all where all a mastermind behind everything that we're seeing happen in our country today. But he is the one that funds it and he is currently the uh, poster child of uh, anti-American communist desires and little, uh, globalist transhumanist um, you know, uh, wishes uh, to be carried out across the world and in our country, okay? 
But uh, yeah, lieutenant governors and the secretaries of state, all involved in the National Association of Secretaries of State. And uh, yeah, so, you know, um, uh, uh, sorry, that was, I just went off because of uh, Brad Raffensperger. Uh, but yeah, no, Brad Raffensperger, boy, is he going to have an example made of him? Uh, I would not want to be sitting in the pants of Brad Raffensperger when that hammer comes crashing down. Because uh, not only is there so much evidence in Georgia to decertify right now, the mismanagement of it alone is enough to, to call him to the table and put his head on the uh, metaphorical chopping block, as it were. But now another big whopper is coming out of Georgia, uh, and it has to do with this organization, not that one, this one. Uh, True the Vote or, um, is a nonprofit. This is a, a national, national nonprofit. Now, True the Vote has been fighting for election integrity uh, basically since the 2020 presidential election. In fact, uh, the main platter that they serve up on their menu is uh, discovering, discovering, researching, discovering, and um, and also uh, um, um, sharing um, the voter fraud that they have uh, been uh, um, purported to have. Now, they've been conducting a months-long massive and clandestine voter fraud investigation um, since uh, the beginning of the year, okay? Now, like I said, we covered very, very minutely this story. There was not a whole lot that was going on behind it back then. Uh, but uh, recently, a document circulated um, in regards to the efforts that vote the uh, a true vote, true the vote, I was going to say vote the fraud, was uh, coming out in efforts uh, um, from true the vote. A document began to circulate uh, so that they could fundraise and uh, uh get uh, prospective donors uh, to uh, to donate to their cause, which is for election integrity. Now, um, that, uh, that um, memo uh, actually went out uh, to several states, including Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Texas, okay? Uh, so um, potential donors received this, uh, this uh, document. Uh, and in the document, um, founder Catherine Engelbricht um, um, went on to talk about and describe a massive investigation that was about to uh, enter into, well, it's entering into its final stages of completion so that they may share it with the rest of the United States and with the rest of the world, okay? Now, Breitbart got their hands on this document and uh, they sat down for a little chit-chat with uh, Catherine Engelbrecht to find out if it was true and uh, exactly uh, how much of what they were claiming in the document was accurate. And indeed, the founder of the organization True the Vote confirms the authenticity of all of the information that was included in that document. And uh, she went on to describe exactly what their efforts entailed. Now, apparently True the Vote has spent several months um, uh, conducting this clandestine operation or investigation by collecting more than 27 terabytes of geospatial and temporal data, um, which would basically boil down to a total of 10 trillion cell phone pings, okay? So uh, I'm sure you guys are aware of how cell phones may work, uh, but um, uh, since they track these things, I guess, you know, may as well use that to our advantage, a ping basically identifying 
where that cell phone is in a point of space and time. Uh, so you can uh, pinpoint it on a map of exactly where that cell phone is located. <laughs> now, what they found in this investigation uh, was that between October 1st and November 6th in targeted areas in Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and in Texas, they had found data, very, very interesting data surrounding ballot boxes in these states. Uh, the data included geofenced points of interest like ballot drop-off locations, as well as United, uh, United Parcel Services stores and select commercial and non-governmental organization facilities. Um, so this is going to be big, guys, because, uh, well, let's, let's carry on. Let's carry on. Uh, according to the document, it stated, from this, we have thus far developed a precise pattern of life for 242 individuals whom are now being called suspected ballot traffickers in Georgia and 202 suspected ballot traffickers in Arizona. According to the data, each of these traffickers went to an average of 23 ballot drop boxes, which leads us to ask, well, why would a ballot trafficker visit at least 23, you know, drop boxes? Indeed, why would any average common American voter need to visit 23 ballot drop boxes unless there was something that they were doing and something that they were trying to uh, conduct, okay? So this is all seeming to come back to bite these people in the butt. Now, let me tell you what, when I say that there are enough people awake, and that doesn't mean that there couldn't be more, but there are enough people awake right now. We're at a point in American history where more people have been awake than there have ever been to the true story, to the conspiracy theory, of what is happening in our country. More people than any time in American history, okay? And, uh, you know, um, they're effective. And, 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 and they're, they're not letting this go. And they're investigating and researching. Who would have thought, who would have thought to have, have, have conducted an investigation like this? Oh, well, what, why don't we just, you know, do you trace the pings of people who visited ballot boxes? Man, that sounds like a, quite an undertaking, quite an undertaking. But to have the follow through, the integrity and the foresight to even think about something like this, lets you guys know we got the right people awake, y'all. We have the right people awake, okay? And that will suffice for now. And I'm sure more people will wake up when these stories get out. Like I said, right now, what we need is something to have happen in the media. the We need a severe patriotic windfall to happen in the media. Something like that is what's got to happen because they are the gatekeepers keeping this information at bay. And it is huge, guys. It's huge. Okay. So now, um, according to the rest of the article we got from Breitbart, um, it's uh, what they're trying to say is um, uh, true. The vote was able to take cell phone ping data on a mass wide scale and piece together that several of the people, several of the cell phone users, um, these suspected ballot traffickers were making multiple trips to multiple drop boxes, raising a potential legal question in a number of the states from their document. 
it, uh, it continued that uh, True the Vote actually also gathered surveillance videos on these drop boxes, specifically in Georgia, and they are attempting to gather similar surveillance vid videos from other states. Uh, Apparently, True the Vote has has obtained already in their hands. They have a full petabyte, which I guess is bigger than a terabyte. They have a full petabyte of surveillance video footage on the drop boxes from Georgia, which breaks down to about two million minutes of video and has been broken down into 73,000 individual video files. Uh, the group is expected to begin releasing some of these videos. If they didn't do it today, um, they're expecting to start releasing some of these videos that purportedly show the same people going to multiple, going multiple times to the same drop boxes coming soon. Um, the uh, document from True the Vote says we are building out, we are building out video stories and have compiled videos of individuals stuffing ballot drop boxes with stacks of ballots, individuals depositing ballots in multiple drop boxes, unauthorized coordination, and this is another big one, guys, unauthorized coordination between government workers engaged in the exchange of these ballots. Remember, they went to NGOs as well. So government workers and non-government work workers, and also several other tranches of videos that capture unusual patterns, such as the wearing of gloves to deposit ballots, taking pictures of ballot deposits, and, and other things. Um, and in regards to the state of Georgia, they were able to obtain this surveillance video because it is a law in Georgia that they have to have that uh, the drop boxes um, um, under video um, um, watch. Uh, and they said also video availability in other states is undetermined. Open records requests submitted consistently since January continue to be met with conflicting communications and stalls. So other states are stalling or stonewalling the ability for True the Vote to get that video footage. Um, but once this report comes out, I'm pretty sure that wall is going to be knocked down pretty squarely and fairly. Can you imagine? It's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be like a. Uh, it's gonna be like watching Project Veritas, and there'd be like so and so of uh, Athens, Georgia, is seen here driving at this drop box on uh, this date at this time, and uh, you know, thirty minutes later, you know, we see them at this drop off drop off box doing this and that. Like it's gonna be interesting, guys, when this comes out, and I am super excited to say the least about this information. Um, I, and, you know, once you tie together who did it, and especially when we start to be able to see the government organizations, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that they will also investigate the individuals as well. And maybe they'll find out uh, who done it, who paid them, and then figure out where that goes to and figure out where all of that ties to. Do you think that the common thread here is just going to be that they hated Trump so much that this is what they did? Because it looks like it's a bigger story than that, if you ask me, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I have here on the screen, um, of course, uh, one Mr. Steve Bannon from uh, Steve Bannon's War Room and Real America's Voice. Uh, let's take a few minutes to check out this report. Um, he's talking with Heather Mullins, 
um, on this in this video in regards to this uh, breaking story coming out of Georgia specifically. Heather Mullins, uh, we have featured here at the Sea Report during the Wyndham, New Hampshire fraudit, and that was truly a fraudit. Uh, and she covered that from day one. Heather Mullins, she works out of I think. Um, Goodness, I don't remember the name of her outfit. It's another independent. Uh, Steve Bannon says the name of it here, although be it uh, kind of under his breath. Um, but they broke this story. Heather Mullins has been all over election integrity uh, along the East Coast um, uh, since this has gone on. But uh, here she is on Steve Bannon's war room talking a little bit about what's happening with True the Vote and uh, these ballot tra traffickers. Very exciting times, ladies and gentlemen, indeed of Real America's Voice. So Heather, this is kind of blockbuster stuff. And the question gets to be, hey, how can we be, and I think that's kind of the question for the court hearings too, how can we be in September 2021? And, you know, we still haven't gotten the report from Arizona. People are working on it, right? Because it takes some time to get it grinded. Uh, Georgia is still in process. Pennsylvania about to have these hearings. The audit, the PA, uh, the grassroots organizations got a plan. They're executing it. But when you talk about videos, and I think what we're talking about is some videos that were taken by certain, I guess, surveillance cameras are out there about one of the big contentions about the chain of custody of a lot of these mail-in ballots, about ballot harvesting. Heather, I think you're the only person that we know, or maybe the only person out there from the people that have the footage actually seen something. Tell us, you've been doing tremendous reporting on this, particularly in the state of Georgia, you've been all over it. Uh, freeing up Ben Burkwam to go across the country on the uh, on the party, but I'm just kidding, Ben and Amanda doing a fantastic <laughs> job with Jeremy. Um, but tell us what you've seen and what what how big is this potentially in the state of Georgia? Oh, this is huge, Steve. I mean, since I've been in Georgia, my job is really to find out who knows what and uh, do some digging. So I came across a document a few months back that mentioned uh, one of the people working on this project and what he knew. So I'd reached out to them, and, and sure enough, they had been basically collecting a bunch of geospatial and temporal data, which is basically like cell phone pings, um, and creating a software that can filter through this data um, and help them piece together what they now believe was ballot trafficking. So they've collected this data over the last few months in not just Georgia, but Arizona, Wisconsin, and several other states. In addition to that data, in Georgia specifically, they have the corresponding Dropbox footage because under Georgia law, they're supposed to be under surveillance. So now what they've been trying to piece together is to find the footage that corresponds with timestamps of these people that were going from Dropbox to Dropbox to Dropbox. And from what I've been told is that there's, on average, they visited 23 to 24 Dropboxes. So in the state of Georgia, you're not allowed to harvest ballots. It's illegal. So this is a crime. Um, if, you know, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation decides to take up, take it up. So, look, we've heard about uh, it, it's an organization. I don't know if you can say its name. It's made a big push to get this geospatial uh, information. So they're now connecting yeah. this to actual cell phones. Right. And they're connecting those cell phones in the geospatial or spatial coordinates to where drop boxes were. Right. And what mm -hmm. they're saying is that you can see the certain individuals or at least certain cell phones that continue to show up there. And explain Georgia law about the whole issue about ballot harvesting and, and who actually was supposed to go to those uh, those uh, drop boxes and actually drop off ballots. Well, only you as the individual can drop off your ballot. Aside from like your husband, your wife, or if you have an immediate relative living with you, then, then somebody who's the head of the household can drop off the ballots for those people. But you are not allowed to go 
um, and pick up anybody else's ballots, be it a nursing home or whatever, and then drop them off for people. So when you have over 242 individuals visiting on average 23 drop boxes, drop boxes are in different precincts or in different counties or all over the state. So why one person, let alone 242, would be visiting and frequenting that many as a big red flag. Now, the, the one video that I've seen is a small clip of a video that shows somebody getting out of a car, walking up to a drop box, placing something in it and walking back with a little green square that basically traced them. And this was months ago before they really had a chance to analyze a lot of the footage. And what they showed me was how they were trying to develop a way to track certain size masses and humans and cars and vehicles so that they could develop certain AI that can help them filter this info because they have 27 terabytes worth of this data. And along with that, they have 10 million minutes of footage in Georgia alone. So three teams of analysts have been combing through it and they're experts, David, they're experts and they have made sure that they're dotting all their I's and crossing all their keys before they put this information out there. So that six months ago, people weren't like, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? This is why they haven't gone public because they wanted to collect all the information and make sure that what they put out there is indisputable. Heather, this is Boris. How are you? This is great work. Very important. All right, guys, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> so there you go. That is a brief. That is about all anyone knows at this point, as far as this investigation goes. Uh, again, this is very, very, very uh, breaking news. Um, cannot wait to see how this develops. Before we continue on, good evening to speak uneasy. Good to see you, sir. We'll be catching you in the few, trying to make sure we get this uh, report done. One, two, three, uh, M RMW is also in the house. Good evening. Um, and uh, let's see what else we got going on here. Saw a couple of comments uh, that I would uh, highlight real quick. Uh, my question is, why is it taking so long for video surveillance of these ballot drop boxes in Georgia to come out? Uh, that would be because they would have to go through the legal process, fill out all the proper paperwork to request it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they were met with resistance in Georgia as they have been met with resistance in other states that they're trying to obtain this footage. But uh, yeah, you got to fill out paperwork. I think a FOIA was probably involved with that. And then, of course, you have to go through the judicial process to ensure that, uh, you know, the judge allows them to have it or they authorize it. So uh, I'm pretty sure that had probably something to do with it. And then aside from actually when they actually receive the footage, they actually have to go through it organize it, figure it out, take a look at what they're, uh, take a, a look and see what they're looking at. Uh, Casey Snowman 485, first time in the house from what I see. Good to eve uh, good evening to you, says what year, what century will the audits come out? Um, you know, um, I would say probably sooner than a century from now. Uh, keep the faith and uh, you know what? Just keep the faith, sir, you know, and uh, and allow uh, allow allow uh, positive thoughts to flourish in your mind because that negativity kind of just pushes everything back. You know, it, it gums up the works that negativity does. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh huh. There's a happy faces in California. Also, that's terrible. Just V says now just V or just V says uh, happy faces is a uh, personnel um, or I should say a uh, uh, one of those um, hiring agencies, temp temp agencies. Uh, the one in Georgia is run by Stacey Adams, owned and operated. Well, maybe not operated by owned by Stacey Adams and uh, happy faces is the premier uh, hiring uh, firm for the state government of Georgia. 
Kind of makes you see how it's all connected. It's all connected. Sergeant Sparky, good evening. So Shanjo says, Griswold, Hobbs, same maniacal look. Yes, something about the secretaries of snakes. Uh, it's very, very crazy. Also, Brockvar, Pennsylvania Secretary of State, who resigned. Yep. And Jocelyn Benson of um, of Michigan uh, Michigan State, a female. I noticed that too also, um, Shanjo, that they're all females, these secretaries of state. Uh, Bradley, what you got going on in your pants down there? I just <laughs> Anyways, oh, uh, he is butch. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you know, and Brookvar, like I said, thank you for the name, Brookvar. Brookvar is the one who tried to rewrite uh, the rules on how to accept uh, signatures on uh, ballot envelopes. And uh, yeah, she resigned. Okay. Uh, and, and now you have DeGraffenreid, the, the, the acting secretary of the Commonwealth in Pennsylvania, who's trying to block... Um, you know, efforts to get uh, get the uh, forensic, uh, the machines for a forensic audit. So yeah, all of that's connected. Shanjo, thank you for the cookie. Sergeant Sparky, thank you for the can. And Tam Gorel, thank you for the cookie. Okay, cool. All right, let's hop back into the report. So we're talking about uh, True the Vote still and what is going on there. Now, uh, yeah, that was the, uh, yeah, well, that was basically that. So you had that uh, statement. Oh, I had one more thing for you guys from True the Vote. Uh, and that was on their website. Uh, this is their website site uh true the vote can i get an address here <laughs> uh true the vote.org okay now uh, this was a, a an update uh and this is again in regards to the uh breitbart article that i just shared with you guys and also that video um let's see here uh talking about their findings and uh i'll expand that so you guys can see it better that right there is an example of their pinging data and uh, the, the tracks that they found. Um, it says, uh, our findings reveal overwhelming evidence of ballot trafficking, um, and they have much more. All research, including suspected locations where ballots were delivered, processed, and distributed, along with the individual devices associated, has been submitted in the form of a formal complaint, along with all data to the FBI. Uh, briefings have been provided to state law enforcement and political leadership in several states. These conversations will continue to broaden in the coming days. Uh, they've also acquired over a petabyte of video surveillance data. The quality of the videos is inferior overall. Lighting is bad. Cameras are poorly positioned. Timestamps are manipulated. Key timeframes are often missing. Nevertheless, we are working video by video using proprietary AI-based code and they've been able to screen over uh, the over 100,000 clips in their possession. They will successfully find video evidence that corroborates the digital data and supports the need for a full investigation by law enforcement. Um, and uh, what comes next? So this is about what's going to happen next. Uh, to date, law enforcement has not taken action. Make no mistake, what we have found will be made known. If law enforcement does not initiate investigations, we have plans to release all data, all video publicly. So that's where we are. This is massive undertaking and it continues once all six, six states are completed to the best of our ability. And if at that point, law enforcement still has not acted, we will publicly release it all. How long will that take? Hard to say we could release what we have now and we may, but it serves the greater good to hold on a while longer than, uh, than all of the options we will take. Then all, and then that's the option we will take. One way or another, ballot trafficking will soon be exposed on a massive scale. So, uh, that again is from True the Vote. Um, I would say check them out, support them today if you're able to. It looks like they have a section for training and volunteering. I need to check that out. 
and see what's up with that. But uh, either way, guys, this story is breaking and this story is good. And uh, it, it does me. Uh, yeah, Stacey Abrams. Did I say something different? <laughs> Aurelius. Um, but yes, uh, I might have said Stacey Adams. Whoops. Uh, that's, that's one of my fa- that's one of my favorite shoes. Actually, it's my favorite shoes. Uh, I love Stacey Adams. Uh, especially the, uh, especially the, um, casual shoes. But anyways, as I was saying, uh, <laughs> I probably said Stacey Adams. Anyways, as I was saying, uh, check out True the Boat. And, uh, as this story develops, we'll most definitely be keeping an eye on it and, uh, to, uh never lose faith guys and never lose hope. Uh, because after all, this story is coming, uh, coming, uh, coming at, uh, coming at the deep staters, the globalists and the crooked election officials. Uh, coming at them from the left, you know, uh, this one kind of came up on them like piano wire, if you know what I mean. And uh, this is an exciting development. Who would have thought that this late in the game or this far in the game, I should say, uh, we have something like this developing. OK, and this is only going to help and support the efforts of the auditors and their findings even more so. Very exciting, guys. Very exciting. All right. Next story. Who's this freaking Sasquatch we have on the screen, guys. Here is a, a look at one of your globalist elite uh, manipulators, master liars, uh, gaslighters, and uh, all-around fraud man. Uh, this guy's, and uh, we haven't talked about him since uh, we were doing the story on New Hampshire back in May and June. That is the uh, uh, Wyndham Township, um, um, New Hampshire 2020 election audit that they were doing over there back in May. And uh, yeah, do you guys remember anything about the New Hampshire audit that took place in Wyndham back then? Uh, do you guys remember how the town rallied and uh, they forced the uh, town uh, selectmen uh, to hold their uh, hearings publicly about uh, having a forensic audit? And uh, the town was really PO'd because uh, they wanted cyber ninjas in there and the townmen, the selectmen, uh, selected their own people to do the audit. Uh, and they only selected three people to do a full forensic audit of the 2020 Wyndham presidential election, uh, which resulted in basically uh, them finding absolutely no fraud. In fact, the conclusions of that audit discovered that what was wrong with the 2020 presidential election in Wyndham was that um, the uh, voting machines and printers were out of alignment. That's all that they found. Okay. And uh, as far as the cyber forensic portion of that audit, well, they left the they left that in the hands of this man here, one stinky Sasquatch named Hari Hursty. Okay, now we talked about Hari Hursty at long at length, and uh, we shared with you a little bit of his history. The reason why Hari Hursty is coming back onto the screens today is because this this um, this I don't even know what the word to use for this man is this fraudulent, fraudulent cyber forensic auditor, this fake deep state globalist um, henchman, okay, who has been working to undermine elections from the jump, is trying to push his way into the recall elections in California. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Hari Hursty is at work again, and he's being called on by his masters to get ahead of the calls for election fraud that are destined to happen 
at the finish of the California recall elections. This is another big one, guys. And this is one that we're going to want to keep our eyes on. Now, there are several reasons why they're calling for election fraud in, um, in the California recall elections. But first, before we jump into that, I'm going to give you a little bit of a short reminder about Hari Hursty and the work that he has done so we can keep squarely in our minds that this man is not to be trusted and he has already lied to the American people and the world through the work that he did during the New Hampshire 2020 presidential election audit. Now, first things first, this man has worked for and has been hired for hired by the United Nations. Um, and, and again, to conduct the sham audit in New Hampshire. Now, the work that he did at the United Nations was, was sketchy enough. Um, he worked, um, he worked as a contractor for the UN and was hired by them, uh, to do a presentation and a, um, I guess kind of like a workshop meeting, um, with, uh, several United States entities as well as other world leaders. Okay. Um, um, to talk about um, cyber election fraud. Okay. Now, in 2018, Harry Hursty, PhD, uh, was part of a United Nations initiative surrounding elections cybersecurity. During this uh, meeting, Harry Hursty briefed a room full of United Nations election observers on November 3rd, 2018. Um, that briefing took place in Washington, D.C., and it concerned, again, election uh, election security in the cyber uh, cybernetic field. Now, after that meeting, Hari Hursty and um, a, hun a team of 186, 186 United Nation election observers went out throughout this country. They were deployed all over America, and uh, we don't know specifically where they went but they went to go observe the midterm elections and gather that data for the United Nations. They returned and did the same thing. They went and observed elections for the 2020 presidential election. Okay. So uh, this man knows a thing or two about cybersecurity when it comes to elections and election fraud and integrity or lack thereof. Um, and uh, the only thing I could say about that is there were about, uh, from the report I read, there were about eight states that denied them because again, in order for Hari and the United Nations to go and observe our elections, they had to get the permission from the secretaries of state, who are the only ones who could authorize these types of observations into our country's elections. Okay, very big red flag indeed right there. Now, and in regards to Wyndham, and it's amazing that no one caught this, guys. It's amazing. I mean, people... It was reported on by outfits like the Granite Grok, um, of Real America's Voice, and the Gateway Pundit. But nobody else caught this to make a stink about it. Uh, we had independent patriot media and content uh, makers, creators, uh, um, um, out of the Northeast, like in Pennsylvania, who actually interviewed like Hari Hursty and uh, one of his other stooges, um, uh, Mark Lindman, Mark Lindman not only being one of the three auditors in Wyndham, New Hampshire, but also the town selectman uh, in chief over in Wyndham. Okay, um, the, the, these uh, these people they interviewed him. Hari Hursty and Mark Lindman actually agreed to do an interview with a little-known independent content creator, America First, out of Pennsylvania, and 
they didn't even think to ask him about the freaking memory cards. Like nothing. They they basically took him at his word. Okay, and I'm like, he agreed to go on your show. You couldn't even show him the video that he did that showed you how easy it was to hack these Diebold election machines. Why didn't you do your homework, guys? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that real quick, because this is going to play into California. Now, Hari Hursty, uh, Mark Lindemann, and uh, Stephen, 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 he has the same last guy as the guy from um, uh, Iron Man, Stephen Star uh, Stark, uh, to no, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Stephen Stark. Um, uh, or no, Philip Stark, Philip Stark. Those were the three people selected to do the Wyndham New Hampshire election audits, right? Uh, Philip Stark, uh, Mark Lindemann, and also Hari Hursty. Hari Hursty being the only PhD in the room, um, and who had anything, any, anything remotely, um, um, knowledgeable about election, um, audits and, uh, the cybernetic, um, um, avenues of that. Now, let's keep in mind. Uh, that uh, New Hampshire and uh, five other states use the same Diebold machines, okay? The voting machines. They're deeply flawed. Um, uh, in fact, um, Hari Hursty is actually the man. He is the man. He's the one who showed the world and demonstrated how easy it is to hack these voting machines, okay? Um, um, they have uh, inherent built-in vulnerabilities, fatal flaws, and security failures. And he's the one that showed us, okay? He is the one that showed us. In December of 2005, Hari Hursty was invited to do a mock election in Leon County, Florida, and as a hacker, he was asked to hack into the very same Diebold voting machines and demonstrate how easily this could do. Now, Hari said himself, I don't need the machines to hack this election. All I need is access to the memory cards. And Hursty stunned the crowd um, but uh, by not only secretly and efficiently hacking into the memory cards without a need for a key or a password, he utterly changed the outcome of that mock election. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, just so you guys know what I'm talking about. And some of you guys might remember this video because we played it here at the C Report also. We're only going to play a few minutes of this as an example of what was going on, uh, uh, what uh, what we're talking about, the hack. Now, like Hari says, I only need the memory cards. We don't need anything else. Uh, so check it out. Well, let me tell you what we're going to do today. We have constructed a mini election, uh, but Harry Hersey, as you have served as a technical advisor of how to do this, we're going to ask you to remain outside. After you, let me introduce you to my election staff. to ensure that we've not prepared some sort of a, a device that has been pre-rigged, pick the number, and then we'll grab that unit, and that will be the device that we will count the ballots on. I just feel like this is the one. Okay, and the winner is unit 15191. What we have here is a programmed optical scan ballot. Uh, there is only one question on this ballot. 
Can the votes on the Diebold system be hacked using the memory card? I have only touched the memory card, not the other parts of the Diebold election system, which is going to be used today. Only the memory card. Uh, I, I can certainly speak for myself and Harry and that we're going to vote yes. All right, then let's have the rest of us vote no. Two individuals, okay. Hugh and Harry, will be voting yes. The rest of us will be voting no. And then we'll scrutinize the ballots afterwards to ensure that that is indeed the mark. I will say that I'm wrong and Diebold is right. And I'm going to say uh, no, they cannot be had. It's impossible. So I vote no. I'm going to film myself voting. Excuse me. I'm going to mark this ballot now. Dr. Okay. Thompson? I am going to mark this ballot. Yes. Seen some pretty concerning things. Well, it's down to you. You're the last voter, Mary. All right. I think it could be. So I vote for yes. You will be the second yes. All right. I am here as the memory card I have touched. Okay. Now, this is the only piece of Diebold equipment that you've used. That's correct. Well, thank you. Let me take your ballot in. <laughs> this card will go into this slot. The next activity that the election worker does on the morning of the election is turn the machine on making it live to receive votes. When you do that, this machine will produce what is called a zero total tape. The machine is going through a self-test analysis and then it will spontaneously turn on. This is Harry's card that is telling us that there are zero votes stored in the memory. Okay, let me get the ballots. Let's insert a yes ballot. We're going to put in another no. Seven. And the last no ballot. Eight. Placing the ender card in this device and telling it to turn off its counting function and do its reporting function will now cause the voting machine to turn out of tape, reading the number of votes that it had just read. Okay, and we'll uh, pause it there, guys. Um, some of these people get rather emotional, and justly so, um, as uh, as uh, what their uh, their findings are to um, what that. And guys, it's that simple. That's all Hari had to do. All he had to do was uh, play with that uh, play with that machine. So let me uh, let me just finish up real quick with uh, the Hari Hursty story in uh, New Hampshire. Now, during that audit, all uh, all Hari did was. Um, all Hari did was uh, uh, basically he was the only one that ran it. Uh, the other two, Mark Lindman and Philip uh, Stark, uh, left about a week ahead of time. 
Uh, he made no mention of the memory cards throughout this entire process, even though this man just showed you that all he needed was memory cards, but he never included it in his report. He never talked about it. Apparently, the people who interviewed him had no knowledge of it, had no memory of it, never brought that question to the forefront. And again, it was uh, the uh, the irregularities in the 2020 presidential election in Wyndham was all solely to be blamed on uh, the printing uh, machines and the counting machines uh, misalignment. And there was no proof of fraud whatsoever. Now, um, uh, interesting caveat to that story is that uh, everything that was being audited, the audit room and the storage facilities were all being taped and uh, video recorded and live streamed during this entire process. But one Wednesday night, all the cameras shut down for about an hour, okay? And uh, when they reviewed the machines, they found that the seals for the memory card had been tampered with. But again, no one pressed the issue, no one asked the question, no one made an issue about it, but that was reported by Heather Mullins, whom we just saw speaking with Steve Bannon on the war room about Georgia and true the vote. But like I said, it's pretty interesting how all of these characters are connected. Now, uh, to close up that story about uh, the New Hampshire audit and the Diebold election systems, they came under a lot of fire after that video came out. And uh, Diebold Systems merged in 2002 with another company and became Premier Election Solutions. And uh, Premier Election Solutions is better known today as Dominion Voting System. And Dominion Voting System also owns the intellectual property of AccuVote, which I believe is used here in Texas, and its related election management system. All connected, all together, all as one. Um, a comment in the chat says, so far nine months of talk and not one sniff of an, an arrest. And I would ask Vinny1765 if that means that perhaps we should just throw up our hands and walk away. What do you think, Vinny? What do you think? All right, uh, one, two, three, uh, RMW uh, gifts a cookie. Thank you so much. We need to look at the Texas amendments on ballots this November. Uh, we should do that um, and we'll see how that goes. There's just so much information. Ringo Dog, welcome into the chat. Redfish, welcome into the chat. See you guys there. Um, man, so yeah, so that's what's going, that's what happened in Wyndham. Uh, Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the cookie and thank you so much. Uh, pilled by the rabbit, I'll try and lay off the Sasquatch with my apologies. <laughs> they probably don't smell as bad as Hari Hursty does. You can smell Hari Hursty a continent away. So why do you think that Hari Hursty is trying to step in and interject himself into an election recall that has not even taken place? Now, based on what we just saw, I would surmise that the reason why Hari Hursty is trying to get involved at this point in time with the California recall elections is because... They're probably using the same type of uh, they're probably using the same type of um, equipment and uh, memory card use um, 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 uh, machinery um, uh, uh, ballots machines that they used there in New Hampshire. Now during the new window New Hampshire um, audit, and uh, Hurry Hursty had said something to the effect that uh, reprogramming or programming. A, uh, a, and a, a memory card for these election machines would take about 30 to 45 minutes per card, right? Well, during the Wyndham, New Hampshire audit, uh, that window jumped from an hour to six hours. 
Um, and he would be working on all of that offline. Uh, and uh, I'm sure uh, he would need all that time to erase all of the data that was on that card. And they only audited three machines, not all of the machines, three of the machines during Wyndham. And um, yeah, six hours to do one memory card when he had said it only takes 45 minutes and he showed he only needed the memory card to hack and yet they did not even go through that. So um, in regards to California, he's probably calling for this recall because he wants to get his slimy little sausage fingers into there so that he can start to erase the information or declare it to be non-fraudulent. And this is all preemptive right here with Hari Hursty. Now, like I said, he's injecting himself into the into a proposed audit in California uh, relating to this recall election. There is a far left group of so-called election experts who are calling for an audit now. They're doing this preemptively, guys. Now, the people calling for the audit are not patriots or conservatives. It is the far left who are preemptively calling for an audit in California because they believe that there is a security breach that will impact the elections. Now, that is to say, do they smell the winds of change over there in California? Do they recognize that Gavin Grusom Newsom may actually be recalled? And because of this, they want to call for an audit ahead of time because there is certainly going to be a breach. And where does the idea of this breach come from? Well, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, the breach idea comes from the Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium, where uh, where they showed they showed copies of Dominion Voting Systems proprietary election management system, and that unauthorized forms of transparency uh, that election officials were using were um, were also included in it. Um, and uh, let's see here. In regards to that, we have a letter from these so-called experts. Uh, let's pull that up for you guys real quick. I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but uh, this is urgent. Critical new risks to the recall election can be mitigated by the California Secretary of Snakes. And that's one Secretary Weber. Um, let's see here. And uh, let me see where we go down here. Okay, so the immediate concern, uh, the illegal, and I want to expand this for you guys, actually, it says uh, the illegal public release about three weeks ago of binary images of the Dominion election management system software and its installation environment constitutes a threat, a serious threat to the recall election. Two of the images came from Mesa County, Colorado, and one came from Antrim County, Michigan. Those images, which include the EMS and its installation environment, have been widely downloaded. While it is prudent to assume that other nation states have had the software for a long time, thousands of others of people will, with unknown affiliations, motives, and physical access to the voting systems now have it also. That increases uh, the risk of undetected outcome changing cyber attacks on California counties that use Dominion equipment and the risk of accusations of fraud and election manipulation, which without rigorous post-election auditing would be impossible to disprove. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, 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 uh, I give to you here now Exhibit A, the example of total leftist and liberal hypocrisy, okay? who do not want any type of election audit unless it's in their interest. Hypocrites, heightened risk of cyber attack direction directed against Dominion counties in the recall election. 
Uh, every complex system, a software system has bugs and security flaws, un unless the vote is for a liberal. Cybersecurity research has shown that election software has more than its share since the software is usually kept proprietary and secret. However, relatively few people have access to it. Okay. So that is what they're calling for. Uh, the Dominion software Antr from Antrim County has been studied in detail recently by University of Michigan computer science professor Alex Halderman, one of the nation's foremost experts in voting cybersecurity. Okay, so again, they're calling for an audit in California because they are afraid that they are going to, oh my goodness, what is going on here? Why do all of my documents keep getting, oh, okay. They keep, I'm like, they keep on attacking me on, on, on the air. What is up with that? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but yes, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the big whoop that's coming out. Now, this is also going to be a very big possible case of fraud. And it's even more so because if Gavin Gruesome Newsome is indeed recalled, these guys are going to swing into California, Hari Hursty in, in tow, and they're going to make it look like there was an actual uh, fraudulent occurrence in these Diebold machines. Like, I, I get the concern and I get the point of view. Uh, you know, when Vinny says not a sniff of arrests have been made. Uh, but again, again, you know, Vinny, uh, with everyone, everyone out there in, uh, you know, in um, legislature and also in judiciary, uh, are sitting back and they are, you know, um, they are denying all of this and dismissing it. Uh, they can't go outright and arrest people without due process. Do you enjoy your due process, America? Because this is the long game, okay? This is the long game and we have to play it this way uh, in order for us to get, and to, to, to get where we need to be. Uh, what we need to worry about or I shouldn't say worry, what we what we justly should be concerned about is once it goes into the hands of judiciary and law enforcers, okay? Because even Senate President Karen Fan said they cannot declare fraud and they cannot, uh, they cannot uh, place blame on someone in regards to fraud. We, the American people, know, okay, and the left would say we might have a bias, uh, but... Based on what we've seen, we can say that uh, possible fraud and definite mismanagement was handled throughout. Um, but that is the rule of law, and we have to abide by it. And uh, that is the way it goes. Uh, that is the way it goes in this case. Now, once it's in the hands of the judiciary and law enforcers, that's when we really need to be concerned, okay? That's when we should have concerned. Because after all, uh, it can really go south from there. All right. It can really go south from there. And uh, we should be thankful in, in the long run. We should be thankful that we are privy to this information. Now, the question is, what are you going to do with this information? We'll just hit that share button and get this C report out to everyone. Go back and look at all of the election fraud episodes that I did. Send that to people. Make them aware, you know, and, and uh, because, um, you know, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of resources cover election fraud. Um, but, but I would say without, without a sense of pride or arrogance that, uh, we do a pretty good job of, uh, crystallizing and also packaging these stories of fraud, um, with the, uh, with the, um, with the previous stories and, uh, the likes to back it up. Um, so, uh, and, you know, kind of deliver you that package. So, um, yeah, if you like what we do here, share the C-Report, 
you know, and uh, and definitely uh, uh, help keep us going. All right. So uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is a little bit, a little bit of sense of that to me, something big coming out of California. And uh, that to me tells me again, again, that tells me that they're they're in panic mode, guys. When they're calling for pre-audits, they are in panic mode. And um, that brings up that brings up another little kind of uh, anecdote or side thought uh, also, because I saw someone put in the chats. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hope Kimmy says, uh, Mr. C, you should run for city council. Keep them honest. I know you would. Well, um, Ohio Kimmy, may, maybe in 10 years or so, I'll run for city council. But in the meantime, in the meantime, in regards to that, um, when I was going through, uh, you know, some of my my usual sources uh, throughout the weekend, uh, someone had said, uh, um, had had uh, shared a thought that was very, it was very thought provoking to me. It made me made me sit back and think uh, when we're talking about what we can do and and how we can make an impact or what will be the breaking point. And the thought had to do around rallies. Um, yes, that's right, the rallies that we have, whether it's a rally for a leader like Trump or it's a rally for an idea or a law, you know, like election integrity or anti-vax and anti-masking integrity. Uh, the idea here was instead of having rallies, why don't we organize those rallies around school board meetings and city council meetings? So instead of 35,000 people uh, getting together in a field somewhere in Alabama, You'll get 35,000 people going to City Hall and showing up to vote down the mask mandates to uh, really fortify local elections. Uh, it, it kind of made me think like um, on a metaphorical sense. And again, this is not to take anything away from rallies because rallies definitely do show the support and encourage other people. But on a metaphorical sense, could a rally be something like uh, a panic mode button uh, kind of like the uh, the deep staters and the globalists have their panic buttons when they start to really reinforce and move on overreaching laws and they have their talking heads uh, um, just spin the same uh, garbage through the news cycles because oh, they're going into panic mode. You know what I mean? Uh, but met, uh, but 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 uh, in, in all actuality, in all reality, you know, O'Reilly is not a panic button by any means. It is a way to uh, enthuse uh, um, enthuse. <laughs> It is a way to, uh, you know, enliven, encourage and to, uh, um, you know, really spark a fire in uh, the people and the constituency. But that was something to think about. You know, uh, why aren't we uh, holding rallies during city hall meetings? Why aren't we holding rallies during school board meetings? Why aren't we holding rallies around uh, county commissioner meetings um, so that we're not standing there by ourselves or not standing there with a few friends to po state our point of view? but really to get everyone out there to support it. But um, uh, it's just it's just food for thought. Now, let me uh, let me get back on track here, guys. Uh, let's go to our next story. Uh, it's a real quick story coming out of Milwaukee again regards uh, regarding election integrity. Uh, Milwaukee County has opted to defy the uh, Wisconsin subpoena uh, to turn over their voting equipment. Um, and again, this uh, subpoena was issued by uh, Representative Janelle Branchin in Milwaukee. She issued it to Milwaukee and Brown counties, um, ordering them to appear before her committee uh, at noon on Tuesday with the requested materials. Uh, the reason why they uh, did not go forward, they did not abide by the subpoena, 
Again, they will find technicalities where they can. Um, they said uh, Milwaukee County Attorney Margaret Dawn said in a letter to Branchin on Friday that the subpoenas were not valid because they were not signed by Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. And um, and the assembly's chief clerk, as required by law. So where they made that decision within the boundaries of the law, uh, still you see a little bit of resistance. And guess what, guys? That actually puts more pressure on Robin Voss, Rhino Speaker of the House, who says he is going to uh, he is going to do an audit. But we'll see how far that goes. Um, all right. Uh, thank you for gifting the can Dragon Energy 45. Good to see you in the house. I am ready to see these snakes get exposed. They will get, uh, they will be trying to shed their nasty skin for sure. Yep. I think, uh, I think Bradley Raffensberger has been, has already shed like five skins <laughs> trying to get away from this, uh, uh, fraudulent election that he certified. All right, guys, it's now false flag season in America. It's been false flag season since President Trump was in office. You know, this is one of the main ploys that they will use, they being the deep state globalist elitists, those who wish to see the downfall of America and their communist handlers, uh, and the three-letter agencies that often um, uh, dream them up and uh, follow through on them. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to share with you guys, and guys, please forgive me. I have um, heavy, heavy swamp monster um, footage coming to you guys right now um, about this. Uh, these false flags that are, there are coming up. Now, you guys, as you guys may know, uh, we hear it all through the wire when there's a possible false flag. We hear all the wire through the wire when we should keep our heads up and our eyes open. But when the mainstream media, when the fake news, false news, legacy media starts warning America about false flags, that's because they are preemptively trying to build a narrative that will sit at the back of people's minds until it happens. And so they can accept it. And when their brain synapses fire off and they try and figure out what the heck's going on, they will remember that news story that was planted in their heads that told them, remember, there's a false flag coming. Uh, now, in this instance, we had MS, uh, MSDNC giving out a report that comes again from intelligence agencies that are warning against extremists attending a rally on September 18th um, in Washington, D.C. Okay, now here's another big reason why. Okay, because this is going to be in Washington, D.C., and the September 18th is supposed to be in support of releasing the January 6th. That's, again, another false flag. The uh, January 6th false flag riots that took place there in Washington, D.C., under the cover of a pro-America, pro-election um, 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 integrity, and pro-Constitution rally. Okay, uh, the January 6th false flag riots where we see a several several um, 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 political prisoners still being held um, because uh, they, uh, they allegedly stormed the fort when uh, they were let in mostly uh, by, uh, by uh, security guards there in Washington, D.C. I think the only one that really deserves to be in, in jail is that shill, that AP, that agent provocateur, you know, uh, controlled, uh, controlled opposition, uh, the QAnon shaman. But anyways, uh, that's a side point. Um, but again, uh, this this would seem, in my opinion, to be, again, uh, the FBI and other three-letter agencies trying to set up the uh, Patriot community to, community to fail. And uh, again, when they put this on the news, especially MSNBC, and you'll listen to this, uh, this uh, little potato head over here, uh, he says it himself. 
I expect none of our viewers would know about this, but we're going to report it to you anyways, because that's right, ladies and gentlemen. The viewers don't know about it because these guys are making it up as they've been told to. About September 18th. I, I would imagine there are, most people watching this would not have known about any of, uh, anything on September 18th, but there are calls um, amongst extremist circles to join a rally to stand up for the rights of the people who have been charged as a result of their participation on the January 6th uh, uh, riot. What's, what's your take on, on what is going to happen on September 18th and, and what we should do about it? Well, my contacts in federal law enforcement alley uh, tell me that they are all over this. This has certainly got their attention um, in large part because the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers reportedly are expressing interest in showing up. This has re uh, uh, this rally has obtained a permit. Um, the numbers are expected to be large. Uh, FBI, DHS, Capitol Police, Washington Metropolitan Police, all making arrangements, including some police departments uh, not allowing any leave, uh, calling in all officers for the day. You mentioned the discussion of putting the fence back up. Here's what's energized um, some of the potentially bad or violent actors here. This sense that January 6th was all about patriotism, um, was all about writing the, the big lie that, that the election was stolen. And so they view... For example, Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was killed by Capitol Police Lieutenant Byrd, um, as a martyr for the cause, they talk about this incess incessantly. And the notion that everyone imprisoned or charged for their participation in January 6th is somehow a political prisoner. You saw even Madison Cawthorn, congressman, actually refer to them as political hostages. We've got to bust them out, he said. Um, those are the kinds of people that are worrying the police and law enforcement as they make plans to show up. So um, the preparations are going to be there. The security will be tight. One of the concerns I have is, will the security be, see, be so tight that there will be soft targets perceived around the rest of the country where some violence could play out? That's why DHS last Friday reportedly briefed, telephonically briefed uh, federal, uh, law enforcement uh, executives across the country regarding what they're seeing. And okay, so that's where that uh, report ends. Uh, watch out, guys. I got I got an even worse swamp creature about to come up. But just to say, so you have uh, MSDNC warning people, planting that subliminal message that uh, extreme right-wingers are going to come out to that rally. And it makes you really wonder, guys, if this is a rally to support the, uh, the uh, January false flag riot uh, political prisoners... Why would extremists act out, right? Are they expecting these extremists to storm Washington, D.C. violently? Or are they expecting one or two uh, people in the audience to start shooting their own people? It makes no sense if you think about it. It makes absolutely no sense. It, it would make more sense if they were to say Antifa is going to show up and, uh, you know, shoot people. Because after all, these are their, you know, uh, uh, arch nemesis, right? So it makes no sense that pro-America pro-constitution people would come and shoot up a rally of people who are pro-america and pro-constitution but you know we don't expect their audience to get that all they needed to do is get the story out there even though it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever okay it makes no sense whatsoever okay what they're saying makes no sense at all you know so now uh, let's 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 continue on that narrative, okay? That was MSDNC who presented to you 
the uh, the the time and the place and possibly who uh, uh, this this guy and we will say ass hat for sure. I, I God forbid I never thought the day would come that I would actually play a Jim Acosta clip on my show. Uh, but this guy goes even further. He goes even further and doesn't just give you the who, what, what, why, uh, or when, uh, who, what, where, or when. He gives you the why. He tells you, he tells you why. And then not only does he tell you why, he further, he further poisons the mind of people and their opinion about a certain political group of individuals. And he also compares them to much worse entities, uh, such as terrorists like the Taliban. Uh, brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen, or just uh, turn the screen off for about five minutes. <laughs> you can go Fox Hop for five minutes unless you want to hear what this idiot has to say. Either way, we are going to uh, we're going to uh, show it here now at the Sea Report. Leading figures on the far right have been sounding the alarm on Afghanistan evacuees all week. The refugees are coming. The refugees are coming. Former intel that are telling me. People that are being brought in here, there is a significant percentage that are future Boston Marathon bombers because they're not doing adequate vetting. Over on Fox, human manure spreader Tucker Carlson has floated yet another race-baiting conspiracy theory that tens of thousands of Afghan refugees are being welcomed into this country in order to change the outcome of future elections many of whom will now be moved into neighborhoods around the United States and stay permanently. They didn't seem to encounter any problems in doing this, thanks to meticulous and thoughtful planning, Operation Change America Forever came off precisely according to plan. It worked flawlessly. Did he say Operation Change America Forever? I think change is already in the air. We had an insurrection nearly eight months ago. An insurrection that, let's face it, hasn't really ended, in part because you have Republican members of Congress using this kind of rhetoric. If our election systems continue to be rigged and continue to be stolen, then it's, it's going to lead to one place, and that's bloodshed. And I will tell you, as much as I am willing to defend our liberty at all costs, there's nothing that I would dread doing more than having to pick up arms against a fellow American. The threatening language does not end there. In response to the January 6th committee requesting the phone records of lawmakers, some of whom may have been in touch with the insurrectionists, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy released a statement warning the telecommunication companies that cooperate with the committee, quote, a Republican majority will not forget. That sounded an awful lot like what Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had to say. These telecommunications companies, they better not play with these Democrats because Republicans are coming back into the majority in 2022, and we will take this very serious. These telecommunications companies, if they go along with this, they will be shut down, and that's a promise. Good. I hope they're afraid of you. They should be. They should be. They're very short-sighted. They think Democrats are going to rule forever, but they should be afraid to wade into partisan politics like this. Congresswoman Green, if they go along with this, they will be shut down. Congressman Cawthorn, it's going to lead to one place and it's bloodshed. Operation Change America Forever, indeed. The Times, they are also a change in down in Texas. That's where a bizarre new law all but prohibits abortion and creates a dystopian bounty system. 
and empowers ordinary citizens to sue reproductive health care providers and just about anybody who helps a woman obtain the procedure. The Supreme Court's conservative majority refused to block the Texas law. We expect what the Supreme Court just did uh, to embolden other states and, frankly, other conservative circuit courts to completely ignore Roe versus Wade. Now, if you're getting a hands made tale vibe from all of this, you're not alone. Apologies if you haven't seen the show. But when they say under his eye in Texas, do they now mean Greg Abbott? And who is going to be doing the snitching? Watch out for Aunt Lydia down the street. Certainly it won't be the same people saying my body, my choice when it comes to mask mandates. There's a lot of other guys that control myself. That can't control themselves. Talk to me. That's why they're not here right now. I have nothing else to say. Do what's right. There's a lot of bad things coming. What will we tell the Afghan refugees who just fled those schools for girls back in their home country? I guess the girls here will have to fill them in. Unfortunately, what we will tell them is... Oh my God, I'm sorry. I mean, oh, because obviously you can go have premarital sex in freaking Afghanistan. You can walk around without a freaking husband and have a baby illegitimately. And uh, Jim Acosta, what are we going to tell the girls who are trying to become sluts? You know, the little girls from Afghanistan and they want to be a hoe and they want to get pregnant. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't do that. I mean, we're sure you could do that in Afghanistan. Oh my God, stupid idiot. (laughs) Some members of the far right in this country have apparently decided they will resort to intimidation and in some cases even violence to get what they want. And they could sweep into power faster than the experts thought possible. Sound familiar? Sort of like an American Taliban. It is starting to look like a combination of theocracy and thugocracy. The leaders of this MAGA band movement People like Marjorie, Madison, and Tucker, they're not counting on an intelligence failure or a lack of planning on your part. They're counting on a lack of courage to stand up for your rights in this country. Does that ring a bell? The anti-immigration, anti-democratic, anti-women's rights forces have all sought these kinds of changes for years, even decades in this country. Okay, I think we can just clam this count i'm sorry guys i cannot i cannot i was like i was already during this whole thing where he's like uh and and who would who would complain about this certainly not the my body my choice anti-vaxxers no crap you don't think so like hello like (laughs) how could you even equate the two Oh, I mean, yes, certainly we can equate the two because, hello, I mean, they have the right to do it, but uh, we won here. So that's just, I cannot. But you see throughout this entire report, he's adding, he's adding the fervor uh, and he's adding, you know, the foundational, uh, you know, uh, uh, logic that these people who, it's a reverse logic, obviously, but that these people will use so that when they go back into their memory hole, if, if it gets there after uh, September 18th, if something happens, that they can say, oh, yeah, 
uh, MSDNC said something might happen on the 18th. And oh, yeah, Jim Acosta said that these people are extremists. Do you remember the clips he showed? Do you remember that sound logic that he used that the girls of Afghanistan who can totally get pregnant illegitimately in their country and not suffer consequences will have when they cry? And they're like, I came to this country for freedom and I can't even have an abortion. I don't think that's what these girls are going to be saying. Stupid Jim Acosta. And the thing about it is the people who listen to his shit probably literally believe that. <laughs> I mean, those poor girls thought they were coming to America and now they can't even have an abortion. Like, what is up with that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Okay, Jim. Okay. Okay. Well, it doesn't end there, guys. There's one more trope to this narrative that I am going to add to this. All right. One more thing. Because whether it's on September 18th or not, that this false flag event occurs, it's in the cards. Uh, the dealers already dealt the hands and the card, the, you know, the players are already, you know, stacking their cards. Okay. All they got to do is lay it down. That's the point that we're at right now. One more trope, one more reason, one more reason in the minds of those asleep that people can say without a shadow of a doubt Patriot, right-wingers, far-right conservatives are the ones who did this, and we have to believe it, because not only do we have all of these points I shared with you guys, we also have this story that just broke. Member of the Proud Boys, right? Member of the Proud Boys, leader by the name of Tiny, I thought this was kind of funny, Tiny Toses, or is it like Tiny Toesies? <laughs> Tiny Toesies is shot in the foot. Okay, so a uh, leader of the Proud Boys was shot in Washington state during a uh, protest um, that broke out. Uh, now, this happened uh, this past weekend or week, yeah, Saturday in Olympia, Washington during an anti-mask, anti-forced vaccination protest. Now, Proud Boys come out and Tifa shows up. Words are said and uh, bullets start to fly. Okay. Um, so the Proud Boys are in the mix here, okay? So what I am trying to say is with all of the information that I am sharing with you guys, this right here, the Proud Boys getting shot, will throttle the entire momentum of the lies that they are spinning in order to subjugate the sleeping Americans and the, you know, the people who just won't budge into believing what is to come. They're laying down all of the foot ground right now. And, and while CNN and MSDNC will not, will maybe mention the story, but they won't report the story hand in hand with this uh, upcoming um, um, and alleged um, uh, conservative uh, attack that is, is coming, they will say, and Proud Boys were uh, Proud Boys were reacting. Proud Boys were doing an act of vengeance, something to that narrative. Okay, something to that narrative. They are moving for a false flag and will do it to crack down on patriots. And all of these events they can tie together in their one nice narrative that will uh, force people to believe that uh, indeed, yeah, this happened because uh, you know uh, the P Proud Boys got shot and these guys are Taliban and you know and and uh, and they're they're extremists. Okay, all of this and all of this coupled with the fact that we have uh, we have uh, true terrorists over here parading around as refugees uh, who will probably pull the trigger. 
themselves. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I, I know not everyone is where I am on this, but I'm already of the belief that the Proud Boys are, you know, is controlled opposition. Not all of them, but maybe the leadership is. And uh, I think it's kind of uh, ironic and funny that uh, the leader's name, Tiny Tozies, was shot in the foot. And it was also a non-life-threatening wound. Uh, It was still a shot nonetheless, uh, but that's just my opinion of the matter. And um, yeah, you know. And uh, they're not white either. Enrique, uh, Enrique Tario, or whatever his name was, uh, who is also uh, said to have worked for the FBI or other three-letter agencies uh, in his uh, position as leader of the Proud Boys, uh, was like, what, uh, Puerto Rican or something like that? So, uh, yeah, I- I'm pretty sure you can, uh, you can um, you shave the beard off of a terrorist uh, from Afghanistan and, and call them Hispanic. And uh, it will perfectly fit the narrative of the mainstream media as they try to um, paint this picture uh, of, of what is totally antithetical to the patriot unless necessary. And that is uh, that we are extremist uh, and violent individuals when we're not. Uh, we believe in self-defense. And uh, that is basically uh, what I've come to know of the conservatives and, uh, and otherwise the patriots of America. But uh, that's kind of where that rests. Takes us to our last story for tonight. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the left and the, you know, liberal socialist communists all raging against the state of Texas. Right. Everyone is raging against the state of Texas uh, in the wake of the um, um, elect, uh, the abortion bill, the heartbeat, heartbeat bill that was just passed uh, last week here in the state became a law effectively on the 1st of September. Now, that's not to say that they did not try to uh, try to get the Supreme Court to put uh, an emergency injunction on it and uh, ban the abortion bill from becoming effective for up to six weeks. The Supreme Court voted that down on um, a pretty sound judgment. I mean, it, it all basically boiled down to a technicality, a very clever technicality that uh, the Supreme Court could not ignore without trying to seem like a uh, kangaroo court. Um, but what do we see coming out of this? There is an uproar over the state of Texas's abortion bill. We managed to do it when no one else could. That's not to say that um, noble attempts were not tried. Well, here we have this mopey little Greenwald again. This is, of course, uh, United States Attorney General Merrick Garland. So, of course, we see the DOJ already trying to uh, to slow down and or reverse uh, the decision that was made by the United States Supreme Court in response to uh, Texas's uh, Senate Bill 8. Um, he says, while the Justice Department urgently explores all options to challenge Texas uh, SB 8 in order to protect the constitutional right of women and other persons, including access to an abortion, we will continue to protest, uh, protect those seeking to obtain or provide reproductive health services pursuant to our criminal and civil enforcement of the FACE Act. Now, interesting enough, interesting enough, I don't see anything re- reproductive about uh, destroying something that the body produced unless it was a tumor, but we're not talking about that here. Now, some people have called babies a tumor growing inside their body, uh, getting ready to strip them of all of the fun that they were ready to have. But that's not exactly the same thing that we're talking about here, okay? Uh, Not the same kind of tumor, okay? 
uh, or or at least point of view. Um, and again, and again, uh, talking about uh, um, uh, constitutional rights, I mean, I don't even know. I guess I would need a liberal to educate me on where in the Constitution it says that. <laughs> I mean, really, where does it say that in the Constitution? I've read it. I don't remember anything about that. Uh, I don't even remember anything that would remotely like suggest that. Um, Garland pledged that the uh, Department of Justice would provide support from federal law enforcement where, where and when abortion clinics or reproductive health centers are under attack. Um, he said that they have reached out to United States attorneys offices and FBI field offices in Texas and across the country to discuss their enforcement, uh, to, discuss, to discuss that with enforcement authorities. And uh, he mentions here the FACE Act. The FACE Act. Well, uh, A.G. Ken Paxton of Texas had a couple of things to say about this. Uh, he did provide, uh, through an explanation of the FACE Act, uh, how it really did not apply. Okay, um, the FACE Act prohibits the use of threat of force and physical obstruction that injures, intimidates, or interferes with a person seeking to obtain or provide reproductive health services. It also prohibits intentional property damage of a facility providing reproductive health services. Uh, Texas's new abortion law enables private citizens to bring a civil lawsuit against an abortionist or someone who aids and abets abortion if the abortion provider detected the unborn baby's heartbeat before carrying out the procedure or if they refuse to check to see if there is a heartbeat after roughly six weeks gestation. Um, and again, this makes no sense because uh, by bringing up the FACE Act in the context of combating Senate Bill 8 in Texas, Garland has hinted that the Department of Justice may consider private lawsuits to be a violation of that. But a lawsuit against uh, someone having an abortion or an abortionist or someone aiding and abetting an abortion, uh, if I'm understanding the FACE Act correctly, is not a threat of force and it does not create a physical obstruction that would injure, intimidate, or interfere with their health. It might interfere with their abortion, but not with their health. And clearly, SB 8 does uh, allow does allow some exemptions to the abortion rule, including dangers to the life of the expecting mother. That provision is already granted. So it makes absolutely no sense. And uh, the other thing that we're seeing here, and this is another narrative storyline that people are constantly pushing with this, is the idea of bounty hunters. And the idea that anyone who turns in an abortionist or someone having an abortion will uh, be rewarded with $10,000. And I'm surprised that Jim Acosta didn't say uh, the woman trying to turn you in for an abortion wasn't a Karen. He said Aunt Lydia. Okay, anyways, I'm surprised. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't uh, attack their own, right? Unless they're eating them for dinner. 
Um, let's see here. We had um, we had a Harvard law professor that said it should be the announced position of America Garland's DOJ that claims um, asserted by bounty hunters under the Texas statute will be regarded as unlawful attempts to deprive persons of their constitutional rights and will be subject to civil and criminal sanctions as appropriate. And again, bounty hunters. And if it's not bounty hunters, it's uh, we're dividing the nation. Okay. Uh, so these are the these are the tropes that they're using against us uh, and and they're using against the state of Texas in, in regards to this uh, new Senate bill. But indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is not the last type of uh, backlash and rage that we're seeing come against the state of Texas in regards to this. Uh, we also have the city of Portland. Oh, wait, that's not the city of Portland. There we go. This idiot here. Uh, that's Mayor Wheeler of Portland, Oregon. Now, ooh, big threat. You know what? Good for you, Mayor Wheeland. I don't want any of those Portlandia idiots and uh, freaking like uh, Goober, SJW, Momars, and and uh, you know uh, zombie people and and Morlocks coming to Texas. Anyways, I can do without their fake tattered clothes and their stupid hair colors any day of the week. And uh, yes, uh, Dragon Energy 45, I guess yeah, I'm being a little bit snarkier tonight than usual. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so let's talk about Portland. Portland has declared that they are going to ban Texas travel and trade to protest the heartbeat bill. Um, that's a uh, Portland City Council is moving to ban travel and trade of goods and services from Texas to protest the Lone Star State's new heartbeat abortion law. You know, I'm pretty sure that people out of Portland don't uh, don't invest a whole lot of money and the people in Texas who what create like, uh, I don't know, organic soaps and and uh, and other, um, you know, uh, SJW vegan products. <laughs> we don't got a huge market for it down here in Texas anyways. And there's nothing wrong with veganism. Uh, you know, if you know how to cook it well, and uh, it's not just soybeans that you're eating. But uh, yeah, uh, this is what the Portland Tribune had to report in this regard. It said the Portland City Council will vote on an emergency resolution prohibiting city government from doing business with the state of Texas because of its new restrictions on abortions. Mayor Ted Wheeler, the man who will take a boot up the butt from Antifa any day, has announced the city council will consider the ban on Wednesday, September 8th. It would prohibit the purchase of goods and services from Texas and all city employees' business travel there. Uh, the ban will be in effect until the state of Texas withdraws its unconstitutional ban on abortion and uh, the rights of Satanists everywhere to drink the blood of the children of Salem, or until it is overturned in court. City Legal Council is currently evaluating the legal aspects of this proposed resolution. The Portland City Council stands unified in its belief that all people should have the right to choose if and when they carry a pregnancy and that decision they make are complex, difficult, and unique to their circumstances. So saith uh, uh, this idiot here, uh, Wheeler. Let's look at another idiot. This one coming from none other than the heart of Texas. Uh, this is Judge Amy Clark Meekum. She is a district court judge from the city of Austin, right? We could expect this. And uh, she is fighting for the rights of uh, people to have abortions everywhere in Texas. And uh, she has made a ruling against a pro-life group in spite of, despite the ban on abortions that are currently effective in our state. Now, um, this judge, uh, Amy Clark Meekum, um, sided with pro-abortionist Planned Parenthood on Friday in a case filed against a pro-life group in Texas called Texas Right to Life. 
Um, the pro-life organization Texas Rife to Life announced uh, that the district court of Travis County for the 53rd Judicial District in Texas released a temporary restraining order against them. And again, it was granted by this uh, this Yahoo here on the screen. Um, uh, Judge Meekum, I'm sure you might have benefited many times from abortions, but that does not mean you have to force it on the city of Austin. Actually, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a silver lining to this story. Um, now, basically, uh, a restraining order, a temporary restraining order, was. Um, authorized against, again, the, the Texas Right to Life advocacy group in an injunction that uh, that was uh, scheduled, and it is actually set to expire on September 17th. So I guess they will be going uh, back and forth on this between now and then. Now, um, to be clear, uh, the Planned Parenthood affiliates in Texas received a TRO against Texas Right to Life only the order from the Travis County judge does not stop other individuals who are not associated or do not work for Texas right to life from suing the abortion giant. So everyone in Texas, let it be known. If you do not work with a uh, Texas right to life, uh, this uh, temporary restraints restraining order does not apply to you which means you can still go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, do as your conscience tells you and uh, make that decision. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking to someone who wants to have an abortion, right? Anyways, um, as per the statement released by Texas Right to Life, Planned Parenthood filed the lawsuit to stop them from using the newly implemented Texas Heartbeat Act, or commonly known as Senate Bill 8. Planned Parenthood alleged that they stopped committing abortions in Texas because of SB 8 that the TRTL have spearheaded in lobbying in the state legislature and through their website. Planned Parenthood affiliates sued Texas Right to Life, our legislative director John Sego, and 100 unnamed individuals on Thursday in an attempt to stop us from suing them under Texas Heartbeat Act. The petition filed on September 2nd cites Texas Right to Life's work in spearheading the policy in the state legislature and our pro-life whistleblower website as reasons why they have stopped committing abortions in Texas. Um, now, like I said, uh, if you're not associated with Texas Right to Life, you can still do it. Um, Judge Meekum uh, ruled that SB 8 is damaging to Planned Parenthood and that money damage damages are insufficient to compensate for it. Meekum defended that her decision suffices considering the controversy that is surrounding the Heartbeat Act. Uh, the court finds that SBA creates a probable, irreparable, and imminent injury to the interim for which plaintiffs and their physicians, staff, and patients throughout the Texas, uh, throughout Texas have no adequate remedy at law if plaintiffs, their physicians, and staff are subjected to private enforcement lawsuits against them under SBA. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, even though Planned Parenthood, um, uh, other than like uh, giving out knowledge, uh, doing physical exams and uh, giving away free condoms, uh, they pro probably I would not doubt that the bulk of their business comes from abortions and uh, particularly in selling aborted baby parts um, uh, to uh, what uh, universe. Uh, what's on the menu in California, you might want to know. Um, so anyways, uh, that's that's another thing that's going on here in this regards to uh, people raging against Texas and uh, and people's uh, fight to uh, stop the evil of an the anti-abortion lobby. 
Uh, we have also have uh, liberals uniting around the world. Nothing says, uh, you know, hands off our bodies like a group of fat Chicanas telling you not to have uh, these abortion laws, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's get... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Let me move on. <laughs> so... Okay, so with the... Li with the li okay, they're demanding boycotts, these fat Chicanas. Hands off their bodies like you were going to touch them anyways, right? Okay, so activists are calling for boycotts of the Texas-based companies as a way to put pressure on the state's Republican leaders after the passage of a controversial abortion law in the state of Texas. Uh, using the hashtag Boycott Texas, thousands of fat Chicanas everywhere. No, just kidding. Thousands of people have taken to social media to call on sports teams and celebrities to protest the state over the law. And again, this is kind of a, this is kind of a PTSD moment for what happened in Georgia with the election laws. They're hoping that what? We don't got no freaking we don't got no NFL team here in San Antonio. I mean, they're planning for the NFL to jump out of Texas uh, because uh, because they're not going to allow all of the women that the uh, the uh, quarterbacks rape to have abortions or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I could see where that makes sense. But anyways, um, activists have also targeted corporations that make Texas their home, including Dell, McKesson and Southwest Airlines. Uh, and uh, the uh, the gay pedophile rhino group, uh, the Pro uh, Lincoln Project. You remember the, the gay pedophile rhinos, uh, you know, Republican in name only uh, the Lincoln Project as well as a pro-democratic uh, pro-democrat group uh, started by the anti-Trump Republicans urged a number of companies including AT&T and Pizza Hut to move their headquarters out of the state in protest of the abortion ban but uh, Pizza Hut has identified pregnant women as one of the main customers of their food and has denied. No, just kidding. I just made that part up, but uh, that's what they're doing. Anyway, so uh, another thing we got going on here, we already have three. We already have a few companies who are pushing back against the Texas abortion law. Um, here we have a GoDaddy as an example of one. GoDaddy took down a website. And don't forget, guys, um, GoDaddy should not be in the job of censoring. Uh, they are they are a web. Uh, uh, they are a web provider, uh, meaning that uh, you purchase from them, uh, you know, bandwidth and memory or whatever. And uh, maybe the uh, maybe the um, maybe the uh, the website name, you know, and uh you should be independent from them for that. They should not have the ability to take down any kind of content unless it's clearly against the law, like channel pornography or, or you know, snuff films or, or clear and present threats of, of death, danger, and damage. But anyways, GoDaddy decided to remove a site uh, that posted tips about possible Texas abortions. Kind of like a uh, kind of like a, um, a meetup.com for uh, people who are against abortions. Um, and uh, that is uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, now, ride hail companies also uh, ride hail companies uh, such as Lyft and Uber also said on Friday that they would cover the legal fees for drivers who are sued as a result of this new legislation. Because after all, um, um, uh, people who aid in a bet abortions uh, are also liable to receive lawsuit. Now, to be fair. If I were uh, someone that knew someone was having an abortion and uh, I knew that that person was taking a lift, I would not include the driver in that lawsuit. It's a job, okay? Uh, I'm sure they could deny that ride just like they deny people who don't wear masks ride, to be fair. 
but again, um, that's probably something I wouldn't do personally. Uh, that doesn't mean that others shouldn't or have a different opinion, which is totally fine. Uh, but yes, uh, Lyft and Uber will cover the legal fees for the drivers um, who may be sued due to this new legislation. Uh, because after all, citizens can sue abortion providers as well as those who aid in the bet. Again, people who sue do not get $10,000. They receive $10,000 to assist in the legal uh, legal filings and costs of of um, uh, f- filing uh, a lawsuit, uh, which is the total piece of mis- misinformation that is coming out there in this regards. Uh, the dating apps, uh, Bumble and Match, said on Friday that they would create a relief fund for people affected by this law. Uh, both the dating apps, Bumble and Match, are uh, based in Texas. I don't use them anyways. Uh, Bumble says, women founded and women led. And from day one, we stood up for the most vulnerable. We'll keep fighting against regressive laws, they say. Uh, And finally, one that should have been uh, expected to happen. Satanists everywhere are rallying against the state of Texas. And they are pissed off because you're going to take away their right to drink the blood of children and have fresh baby parts for their rituals. Actually, uh, it's a little bit more complicated, but stupider than this. Now, here at the Sea Report, we covered back in March a full story on uh, the cult of Satan, the religious, uh, the people who study and, and worship Satan, the devil and the government. And uh, in, in March, we covered a story about how the Satanic Temple of Texas was filing a lawsuit against the state to defend their religious right to engage in the child sacrifice as a spiritual ritual. That's right. They sued the state of Texas for the right to abort as part of a religious ritual that their religion observes. Um, it tar- uh, It was, um, let me see here. It was, a, it was a procedure. It was really, okay. So basically, basically what happened back in March is that uh, Texas said that they, well, Texas banned any type of abortion that happened after 20 weeks, okay? They have to, they ha- they banned anything that happened after 20 weeks, right? It's like, well, how is this affecting a Satanist? All they have to do is uh, do the ritual when the baby bump shows up, right? Well, under this law, not only did they ban um, abortions up to 20 weeks, they also required that the abortionist uh, had to give the um, uh, this person seeking abortion, uh, they had to receive a sonogram, uh, they had to receive uh, paperwork, and they had to receive information about abortions. And in addition to that, once they received the sonogram and the information, they had to wait 24 hours to decide if they were going to have that abortion. Uh, it, it was a 24-hour holding period post-sonogram, Okay. <clears throat> and maybe that was to make the person think a little bit about what they were about to do. But either rate, that's what they were doing. The Church of Satan or the Temple of Satan was PO'd because they were like, this impedes on our ritualistic uh, ceremony of abortion. Okay. And uh, and basically they said, we can't wait 24 hours for uh, this abortion to happen. When they say they want to have an abortion, it needs to happen. It's part of our ritual. Uh, the, uh, the temple's members considered the abortion a ritualistic process, according to the co-founder and spokesperson, his name was uh, Lucien Greaves, right? Probably a made up name, probably one that he got off a video game or something like that, or a comic book. Um, the ritual is meant to take 
the ritual is meant to take away the shame and the guilt from the person receiving the abortion and affirm their choice. Uh, the state regulations for the day-long 24-hour wait disrupts the ritual, is what they said. Of course, they lost. And it wasn't the last time that an abortionist, I mean, a Satanist uh, tried to get abortions to go their way. Uh, there was also this story I found uh, where they were talking about how uh, Satanists demanded that the FDA gave them access to abortion drugs for their abortion ritual. Um, let's see here. The Satanic Temple has been using its status as a religion to argue that access to abortion is a faith-based right. Next thing you know, uh, it's our right to human sacrifice. It's our right to rape children. We need the fear for Satan, you know? Anyways, it says last year the Supreme Court announced it would not hear a case from Satanists hoping to overturn Missouri's medically unnecessary abortion laws. Uh, and then, of course, we had this other one from Texas they mentioned. Now, this one, this the this one's uh, from when was this story? This story is from September. Uh, the previous story was from March. So it's like every six months these Satanists are up to something. Must be something about the timing, right? Uh, let's see here. The Satanic Temple wrote a letter to the United States Food and Drug Administration arguing that their members should be able to get abortion pills without having to jump through regulatory hoops, as they say in the press release. And let's go ahead and take a look at that now. Uh, here's the press release from everyone's uh, least, uh, least uh, favored Satanists. Let's go and expand that so you guys can take a gander. Dear Commissioner, um, let's see here. It says... Um, Based on the foregoing, it's my client's position that the prescription requirement infringes upon uh, its membership's religious liberty in violation of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. So they're using President Trump's uh, uh, legislation against him. Uh, checking out here, it says the satanic abortion ritual is a sacrament which surrounds and includes the abortive act. It is designed to combat feelings of guilt, doubt, and shame, and to empower the member to assert or reassert power and control over their own mind and body. The REMS um, prescription requirement substantially interferes with the satanic abortion ritual. <clears throat> and uh, let's see here uh, if I can get a little bit more info on that here. I guess it was just a risk evaluation mitigation strategy. Uh, and that's what was going on in the state of Missouri. So they basically said, uh, my client proposes uh, the following framework. Uh, the member who desires to engage in a satanic ritual abortion goes to a doctor for a medical examination to undermine there are contradictions and as defined by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecological uh, Gynecologists. Uh, the doctor executes a form which affirms there are no contradictions. The member returns to the TST with a form. The TST dispenses the medication with instructions for use. The member engages in the ritual between seven days and 14 days after engaging in the ritual. The member returns to the doctor for a follow-up evaluation. And th that says to me that these freaking Satanists are just going to go ahead and conduct the abortion themselves. No! No! That's so stupid. Anyways, okay, so just to wrap this up, these rascally Satanists are suing Texas again because, again, uh, if they can't do their ritual 24 hours after a doctor's visit, they definitely can't do the ritual uh, once the heartbeat stop uh, has began or if they're prevented from that. I mean, what? Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't even go there. Anyways, okay, so um, the Satanic Temple is uh, trying to fight this law in Texas again arguing that it violates their religious freedom to uh, drink blood and kill people um, uh, during their abortion ritual. 
Um, the temple spokesperson argued in a letter to the food. Oh yeah, we already covered that. Um, now let's see here. Uh, he says, I'm sure Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who famously spends a good deal of his time composing press releases about religious liberty issues, other statements, um, will be proud to see that Texas robust religious liberty laws, which so uh, voraciously, which he so vociferously champions, will prevent future abortion rituals from being interrupted by superfluous government restrictions meant only to shame and harass those seeking an abortion. Um, the Satanic Temple said that Satanists are exempt from these regulations if they undergo first trimester abortions in accordance with the TST religious uh, ritual. Satanic abortion ritual involves the resuscitation of the TST's third and fifth tenets, which we're not going to read here, which celebrates bodily autonomy and the adherence to the best scientific practices, along with a personal affirmation that is ceremoniously intertwined with the abortion. Uh, their latest move is unlikely to work based on the decisions in Employment Division Department of Human Resources of Oregon versus Smith. In that case, the Supreme Court ruled that the state could deny unemployment be benefits to a person fired for violating a state prohibition on the use of peyote, even if using dirt use during a religious ceremony. So if you can't use illicit drugs for the sake of religion, you can't abort a baby for the sake of religion and then drink their blood and probably eat the carcass. So ultimately, um, they're, they're assuming that the, the, all these cases are going to go before a higher court, uh, but that's not going to stop the Satanists from trying to uh, scallywag their way around another life lost uh, through um, this uh, heinous act of abortion. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that, as they say. And that concludes today's um, that concludes today's sea uh, report for uh, this Monday afternoon. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh, all of the information that we had. Like I said, if you uh, if you find any value in what we do here at the Sea Report, share this report far and wide. Let people know. Let your friends and family know. Let everyone know what's going on. What's going up. Uh, thanks again to all of you who hung out during the chat. Looks like you guys uh, had a good time. Uh, my apologies to Philly Q for them uh, defiling uh, her birth date with that stupid, stupid false flag thing. Uh, otherwise, thank you, Sean Joe, for gifting the cookie. Uh, two cookies. Ah, he's the cookie. He's the cookie maker over there. Sean Joe is. Thank you, Sean Joe. And uh, let's see here. And also uh, Philly Q for the cookie as well. And uh, again, Sean Joe for the cookie and Just V for the can. Calm your blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you see this vein popping out right here? Probably you could. Probably you could. Uh, <laughs> that Jim Acosta, man. I was like, I can't believe he says all of this with a straight face. Like, anyways, he's not worth the time or the anger or or the, the, the high blood pressure, right? Um, all right, guys, let me go ahead and release the scratch off for you guys. Don't forget if you're over at Twitch or at Clout Hub, uh, we do chat engagements on the regular over at the foxhole.app. If you're looking for a place where you can find uh, news, views, opinions, particularly of the patriotic and the America first kind that are not censored, uh, make sure you head over to the foxhole.app and pill.net. Uh, there's a lot of other types of programming coming out of that. And of course, 
the programming is coming primarily from America First Patriots, uh, but that's not to say that we don't have our days off. You know, we have music shows, uh, we have we have uh, trivia uh, trivia shows, we have uh, science and news information. You know, we we also get into a uh, science fiction, mythical, spiritual uh, conversations and programs over at Pilled and the Foxhole app. So it is a growing world of content. Uh, the likes which you have never seen before if you're not on pill.net or at the foxhole.app. And again, I can say uh, COVID-19 vaccines and uh, and um, uh, MAGA, and I won't be censored. And I'll take it, guys. I will take it any day of the week. I'll take it to the bank. Um, all right. And, and uh, other than that, don't forget, guys, uh, um, we appreciate your support here at the C-Report. We are 100% listener supported uh so if you're over on the foxhole app thank you again for the gold pill donations um and uh, to anyone who's extending donations by way of the cash app here at the sea report uh much appreciated and uh let me see is there any other kind of housekeeping we got to say before we go oh yes speaking of music programs um i will be hopping onto the speak on easy's channel in about 20 minutes uh, for um, a, a late night speaks with the speak and easy. So if you guys haven't had enough of me yet, um, or if you just want to go and chill and uh, hang around the bar over at the speak and easy's channel, the bar will be open tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I think it'll be a pretty good and interesting discussion. I'm sure you guys will uh, enjoy it. So in the meantime, let me hop off because I got about 20 minutes to prep and I'll be heading over to the speak on easy's channel. His show starts uh, promptly at 10:30 PM Texas time. So you guys, we'll see you there if we see you there. Otherwise, uh, you guys have a great night. Be safe, be blessed. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, forever and all eternity, God bless America.